In this podcast, my wife, Ilana Marcus, and I sit down with world-renowned tantric sex coach, Layla Martin, to talk about all of the nuts and bolts practices for improving your sex life as an individual, as a couple, and, well, what's the progression from there? We'll find out on this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Onnit, onnit.com slash Aubrey for 10% off, and by Higher Dose. HigherDose.com, promo code AMP75 for $75 off. One of my favorite things to do on a podcast is sit down with a true subject matter expert, a real master, and when that master's expertise is sexuality, that's always going to be an incredibly interesting conversation. Vailana and I sit down to have Layla Martin help answer our questions about how to improve our own sex practices, our own tantric practices, and really think about how to reconnect our sexuality with the totality of our spiritual essence and our being. So this podcast covers a lot of different ground, everything from practices to do when you're single as a man, single as a woman, and what some of these ingrained patterns that we have to deal with as individuals as well as couples and what might be a potential escalation for an adventurous couple who's looking to maximize their experience with all of the amazing human beings on this amazing planet. I hope you guys enjoy the show. But first, a word from our sponsors. First up, we have Onnit. And I'm gonna talk to you guys again about Onnit in 30 because it's a fucking no-brainer. You have 30 minutes to work out, okay? So you can either fuck around and just figure stuff out, which I do all the time. I mean, I'm kind of an expert at fucking around and figuring stuff out. But nonetheless, it's nowhere near as good as having a world-class coach like John Wolf and the rest of the Onnit training expertise be able to offer badass workouts that you can do in 30 minutes that's really gonna help support all of your training, aesthetic, whatever goals you have for fitness, because we all have a bunch of goals and usually it's a combination of all of them. On it in 30 is gonna take care of all of that. So make sure you check it out if you're interested. Onnit.com slash Aubrey. Save yourself 10% on something that's already really cheap. It's only 10 bucks for 10 workouts. So you'll get it for nine bucks for 10 workouts which is just like, yeah, for sure. Just have that available, just makes a lot of sense. Onnit.com slash Aubrey. Next up, we have Higher Dose. And Higher Dose are the makers of an infrared sauna blanket and an infrared PEMF mat. So both of these things are rad because not everyone has room for an infrared sauna. I mean, I'm very fortunate that I have one in my house. But if I didn't, I would be rocking this infrared sauna blanket because you can just drape this thing over you, turn it up, you're gonna get both the heat and the infrared, faster recovery, better sleep, and just general support of a relaxed central nervous system. You can really feel it when you actually get in there. And then you can pair it with the PEMF mat, which is pulse electromagnetic field mat, which works by sending electromagnetic waves through your body at different frequencies, kind of like my wife, who's a sound healer, sending the sound waves through your body, but in a slightly different way to help speed up your body's own recovery process, help you feel more relaxed, grounded, balanced. Both of these different technologies and products are super portable and just a really effective tool that's not at a crazy price that you can have in your home and utilize for your own benefit. So I really recommend checking them out Go to higherdose.com, use the promo code AMP75 at checkout 
to save $75. Once again, HigherDose.com, promo code AMP75 to save $75. And now, an uninterrupted podcast with Layla Martin. Layla Martin. <laughs> Vailana Marcus. We're here. We're here. We're going for it today. I'm now thinking about masturbating in my car. Like, you know when people are like texting in the car and you're like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Sometimes you're like, I'm trying to like channel pleasure in the car. This is dangerous. And I got to like tone it down. I feel like that's easier for women than men. Men, it's like a kind of like a process. Because like you can't start. There's like a starting point to masturbating. (laughs) Otherwise, it's just self-groping. Oh, my God. Like you don't just start masturbating as a man. You got to (laughs) like. Well, we got to elevate like self-groping in the car though. You know, it's just like living a turned on life. It should happen anywhere. That's actually an interesting thought to like think of a guy like how like a woman can turn herself on and thinking of a guy doing that. It's like weird kind of. We have like associated so much more shame around male sexuality in that particular way. Because like me and my friends when we're like driving, we're like, oh, yes, I'm turning my pleasure on. Like I'm activated. I'm here. There's something that's like, oh, yeah, bitch, you're like claiming your power. And then a guy's doing it in the car and you're like, oh. (laughs) Does it seem weird because it seems feminine? Like in your your body, the way that that feels to try to just. It doesn't. It just doesn't really start working until a certain point. Right, like there, it's not like you have some. Have, you have, to have some ple- kind of stimulation. There's like a pleasure. There's like a engorgement threshold into where it actually starts getting like, oh, now it's getting good, you know. But at the start, you're like, come on, buddy, like let's get, oh let's get God. in, the, let's get in the game here. You look like you're you know? stepping on in this like, pre-engorgement threshold. Yeah, like, we can do this. <laughs> there's like nothing happening, then it starts to happen. Then you're like, okay, now we're playing. Oh now we're God. now we're going for it. We are starting out on fire. <laughs> Welcome to this podcast. This whole podcast is going to be called Masturbating in Cars. How to do it based on gender. <laughs> How to masturbate flaccid. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are kind of starting off talking about that because what I wanted to do is take us on an arc of all of the practices that someone can do individually and then the challenges that those practices are trying to solve for and help you grow from and through and then as a couple and then when you expand the container beyond a couple and how to stack all of these different practices the challenges that you encounter what you could unlock and reveal about yourself so in a way we are starting right on track I'm glad you got us out of the other rabbit hole and just took us straight in because that sounds so much better than where we were going It's like 45 minutes later and we're like, no, but you could just scrape through your testicles like as you hold the wheel of your left hand. <laughs> is it the softest brush or is it a little your, more vigorous? You gotta put your hand underneath the seatbelt. Should it be silk? Should it be cotton? Little hand, hand underneath the seatbelt so it's more comfortable for your wrist. <laughs> Thanks for all the tips. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's talk about, so let's talk about this because as an individual... We all carry different aspects of shame, repression, retraction, different things that we can start the practice of working on by ourselves. And a lot of this needs to unlock with a partner because a lot of the trauma is created in partnerships and unconscious partnerships in particular. But some of the work can start you with you. And that's the safest place to do it. But for a lot of us, it's not a safe place because there's still the judging eye and the judging mind and the shameful eye and the shameful mind that's preventing us from actually liberating. And perhaps it's just an absence of tools and a lack of awareness of what might be underneath the surface. So let's talk about it for men and for women 
And I guess I'll go lead in first because we already started talking about non-engorged masturbation for men. <laughs> I want to talk about I want to talk about for men because I do feel like, and of course, these are all generalizations, and you know, any men and man and women can have overlapping or different things that happen. Gender is very fluid in, in this regard. So we're speaking in generalities and from my own personal experience. For me, like one of the big challenges that I've encountered in myself and in other men is one of the most difficult things is the pressure to perform. This is a major one. And I can think back to my performance failures in quotes and how brutal I was on myself. Mm. I mean, I think I've told this story once at some point before, but there was one time where I had a new partner in, in uh, Australia and I was in college and it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't happening. And she was like, you know, bummed out, but she was being nice enough about it. But I was so mad at myself. I was mm. like, you know what? You're going to stay up all night and write hate letters to yourself. <gasps> and I really did. I forced myself to stay awake all night and write letters about how much I hated myself. Mm. Like that's sad and yeah. deep, you know, and that, and it was this pattern of like, oh, you're not, you're not a man. You're not worthy. You're, and I wrapped up my entire worth in my sexuality and in my performance. Now, of course, that did wonders for my confidence moving forward. It was a great strategy that I used. <laughs> Hate letters to yourself is probably the worst thing a, a being can do, but I did it nonetheless. And of course, I've subsequently learned from it. It's the antithesis of what you really want to do, which is love yourself fully and wholly and you know really embrace the totality of your sexuality beyond your engorgement and performance level so for a man let's just talk about this one challenge and there's some other challenges that we can get into but this being in my mind the primary challenge that men encounter and also the causal the causal force that's preventing men from actually being present in sexuality because we're worried about how we're performing we're concerned about different things we're trying to prove to ourselves that we're a man in a certain way what is something that a man can do with himself to help start to unlock and reveal and start to heal some of these deep patterns so giving yourself a container in which to address that feel those things do these practices right it sounds so simple but it's like if you were going to go if if someone was teaching you how to get fit and they were like, well, you just got to lift this weight. But there was no concept of like a home gym or having like a workout, right? So for a lot of us, we just think there's masturbation and there's sex. And so what I like to encourage people to do is to actually like create a sex practice where it's 10, 15 minutes, you know, an hour if you want to go super pro and you do it once a week. And that's your time to actually address these pieces. Because if you don't have that container, it's like, when are you ever going to do it? Like, when are you just going to casually, like, find love for your cock or undo all of that conditioning around performance? You have to create a container. So I like for people to have this idea of, okay, to commit to this, I need a conscious time where I'm going to sit down and do it. Mm. So from there it's really understanding that we tend to think like, okay, as, as a man, it can be like, my sexuality is just my sexuality. And we don't understand all these forces that are piled on top of it, right? So from a very young age, like 
uh, scientific research has shown that like infants pick up on disgust cues from parents and they won't touch a toy that a parent looks at with disgust. Mm. So, so many of us started getting even body conditioning at such a young age. Like babies will masturbate in utero and most babies, if they try and touch their penis or their genitals, their parents will stop them, right? So we don't even know sometimes what's gotten in there. Sometimes it can be mm -hmm. so pre-verbal so early. Right. And then you're growing up like a lot of guys have shame around getting erections at the school dance or having a fear of, you know, yeah, how exactly they're going to perform if they're not good enough. Um, whatever you experience growing up, shame around masturbation. Right. So every single time you masturbate, you are basically developing neuronal pathways in your brain that are cued emotionally and with whatever else you're experiencing at the time that your body starts associating with the experience of sex. So when you go to do a sex practice, it's like you're not just sitting down and dealing with your penis, you're dealing with your entire history mm -hmm. of what's happened mm -hmm. sexually. And even if we don't, you know, it, we're not even talking about like major traumas that can happen to men or major issues like, like life experiences, like what you're describing, just your kind of run of the mill experiences add up to create really intense sexual conditioning. And in the nervous system, that doesn't just show up as like kind of shadows impacting your sexuality. It literally shows up physiologically as tension inside of your pelvis, as a kind of disconnection from the sensations inside of your penis. And so there's this whole kind of conditioned desensitization that happens that's all of these layers. So when you're talking about something like unwinding performance, it goes to the heart of can you get back to trusting your sexuality, mm. trusting your sensations, trusting your pleasure, trusting, trusting your penis, trusting your penis whatever it wants Oof. to do or not do. <laughs> yeah. And so much of that flies in the face of this sense of distrust, right? Like, like what happens if you don't get hard? What happens if she doesn't have an orgasm? Or you come too quickly. You come too quickly, right? Like what happened? Like, and then there's all this shame layered around it, right? Which is so societal. So it's so, it's, it's like this, I, I just want to say like, yeah, okay, we're going to talk about these very specific practices, but it's like this heroic journey to actually sit down and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to reclaim my sexuality. I'm going to unwind my addiction to performance. Mm -hmm. It's not so, it's not so simple. It takes so much to even get to that point where you decide to do that. Yes, indeed. And I think also, you know, there's so much, one of the things that I've recognized is that that amount of it's fear that becomes the thing that blocks you. And what am I really afraid of? I'm afraid of myself, not necessarily the woman judging me. I'm afraid of myself judging me because who was making me write the letters? Was she making me write yeah. the letters? Was yeah. she saying that you need to be punished for this failure? No, that was me. Yeah. And that was me conditioned from, you know, some things that I saw in childhood with my parents' divorce and some you know, lyrics that I heard in songs, like you're not fucking your woman right, then I will, yeah. you know, this type of thing. Like if you don't do it right, somebody else is gonna come in and take your, you know, take your love from you because oh, really? you're not performing in bed and that's the thing that matters the most, you know, all of this stuff. So it's like, well, I'm gonna teach you the way that my basketball coach taught me, whereas you fuck mm. something up, you run suicides. And that was me making myself run suicides. Now, it's a shitty way to coach a basketball player and it's also a shitty, even shittier way to coach yourself when yeah. it comes to something that's very sensitive and needs to be done in the absence of fear. Yeah. 
And your penis is alive. Your body is alive, right? We have this thing of like, you know, your cells are alive, how you talk to yourself. We have this like compassion for our hearts. Like if you're sitting there yelling at your heart, what's it going to do? It's going to close up, yeah. mm -hmm. right? We have this like intuitive knowing, but we're so disconnected from how we speak to like our pussies and our penises. Mm -hmm. It's this judgment, criticism, shame all the time. What's going to happen? It's going to close up and you're not going to have the deep sensitive, mind-blowing sexual experiences that you crave. And yeah, on the simplest level, it's how you're actually speaking to your body. Yeah. So what are so what can you do? Let's say there's some men listening, I'm sure there are, that resonate <laughs> with some of this, you know, some of what I was going through when I was in my early 20s. And and as I've, you know, I've I can talk about some of the ways that I've evolved through it, but it's really it's been a long process. It's been a very holistic process. But what I've never done is any intentional conscious practice with my relationship with my cock. We've just kind of get we have this arm length trust of each other now. Like we've <laughs> like we've been we've been ride or die homies for a long time. Like, bro, we've been through a lot. And I respect you. And, you know, like we may not see eye to eye on everything, but I respect you and I appreciate you. But you know, <laughs> like it's still not like we're like we're like we're one you know like i have not formed union with my cock it's still like all right buddy it's like i have a it's like i have a wild wolf oh that's God. on a leash and i'm like we're we doing this today we're going for a walk today right all right we're not gonna bite anybody we're gonna we're gonna be cool right we're gonna howl when we need to howl and we're gonna lay down and be nice when we need to lay down and be nice but it's it's this very interesting relationship but i feel like even still even though this is you know it's working but there's if, I, if there was tools, even now, even with all the work I've done to create this relationship of me and my wolf, like <laughs> there's probably some practices that I could do because I've never done anything. Yeah. Like some things that I could do intentionally to be like, all right, let's strengthen this and let's collapse this separation so that I am my cock and my cock is me and it's not, you know, all of the things. And we talk about it like that all the time. Like this is the head that you think from and blah, blah, blah. Like collapsing that into the being one being again and a being that expresses love in totality totally so i just had the image of you and your cock like riding on like harley davidson's or like whatever the cool motorcycle is now like together and like being like bro you know but then at one point your cock like jumps on the back and like the two of you cry you know oh my god yeah he's in like a he's in a sidecar yeah, like, oh the cock is in like a little a little sidecar and we're like we're doing this yeah. he's got his glasses on like our hair streaming back <laughs> like you wearing a helmet today no all right i get it i got balls <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Touches me deeply. Okay, so okay, sex practice. Boom, fifteen minutes. Uh, get yourself lube, oil, whatever you want to use. And the first is this intention, right? So it's clear that you have an intention, right? Like I want to be one with my cock. Mm -hmm. So whatever your intention is, having that, like this is an intentional space for my sexuality, for my relationship with my body. Number two is. What is the emotional tone I want to have? So most of the time we'll carry the emotional tone in our penis or our pussy that we just picked up along the way. So for a lot of women, that's like this shame or mm. disconnection or sense that there's something wrong. And it can be actually a lot of the same for men. There can be shame, there can be fear, or there can be a kind of like, even like, yo, like my cock's amazing. Like it's, that's usually sitting on some kind of unprocessed emotional tone. And so being like, how do I, actually want to feel about my penis? Do I want to love it? 
being like, how do I actually want to feel about my penis? Do I want to love it? Do mm -hmm. I want to, do I want to be proud of it? Yeah. Do I want to feel like it's spiritual? Do I want to feel like it's powerful? Do I want to feel like it's a gift, right? And so that's really important because before you actually start touching yourself, you want to pick one or two emotional tones and like pull those in so that you are actually choosing like what is my emotional relationship with this part of my body and that starts to change your emotional relationship to sex as well yeah mm. the next thing is is you can actually talk to your penis this sounds really crazy to a lot of people but it fucking works and your penis will talk back to you in images and words and things like that so even like that converse like you essentially just demonstrated a conversation with your penis where you're like mm. yo like we're ride or die <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. we're still arm's length and <laughs> yeah. like how like how are we gonna like you know and literally you can say that to your penis and feel there's gonna be communication back and this really helps you as well like this helps us get out of this disconnection that we have, right? Like your body is this disconnected, unanimated thing. And really like, no, this is, this is a living force inside of me, right? And one of the most beautiful things in the, in the tantric tradition that I've experienced over and over again is our bodies are these center points of universal energy. Mm -hmm. So like your cock is representative. It's, it's literally the transmission and the embodiment of universal energy penetration, spiritual awakening, alignment. And so when you start to relate to it, you can start to feel it not as what like all of society has told you it is, but how you actually feel it to be. So pussy to me is like the center point of universal celebration and ecstasy, right? And womb is its own energy and cervix is its own energy. And so there's these like pulsating profound energies that start to unlock and it can start with like a basic conversation. Yeah. Mm. I can, I can really like see that. And there's, there's a, there's a deep conversation and actually even still like forgiveness yeah. that's like because there's been so much judgment and so much mm -hmm. like you really let me down this time buddy yeah you know, like not even buddy like probably something much harsher but like fuck you you know like i can't believe Ooh. you betrayed me yeah. and so many of that but have i ever gone back and been like sorry about that you know yeah. like like we're all we're all the same like this is that was unnecessary and i love you and you know thank you yeah for for everything that you've offered and and really bringing that back together and I, I can see how that can be effective. And I imagine some, like you said, like some kind of nice oil, like jojoba oil or something. And just like with touch, with words, just not in a masturbatory you know, way that I've touched my cock many times, but yeah. in this other much more loving way, yeah, you know, totally. like divine father way of like, all right, like we're just gonna we're gonna heal, you know, some of these things, the words, the thoughts, the the things that have gone between us and start fresh and start anew yeah it also seems like it also takes the pressure off like i think for so many people going into sex it's with the it's with the the end game that they're like okay well it is to come you know so like when you're going into masturbation it's always like you're like reaching for this end game but if you're actually just presencing with yourself mm -hmm. and listening and tuning in and creating you know the intention or the desire of what you want to feel like you're it it just I can I can actually feel the energy of how that would shift your sexuality so significantly yeah. and probably, you know, just take all the pressure off because you're not you're not just going for that in game anymore. You're like, no, like I'm going to be sexual. 
Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And those animal metaphors, like you said, wolf, right? And like, I've thought of my pussy as That's a literal weird. like cat, right? Like a tiger or like an actual kitten. And you think if you went in like in a relationship to a wolf, if you were like, give me what I fucking want. Okay. Like I need something out of you. Like every single time you just went in <laughs> and you're like, I'm getting what I need from you, right? And yeah. like, you better give it to me. Like, what would that do? to that wolf, to your relationship to it versus like being in, like the relationship you would actually want, which is like respectful, connected, loving. Like, yeah, like I would love to have this experience with you, but like we're in a relationship. It's not just I'm coming in and telling you what to do for me. Yeah. There's also another really powerful piece about the, what the phallus or the yoni represents in a spiritual metaphorical way and in the way in which you know, this is the penetrating force of a man, yeah. you know, embodied in the in the physical form, but it is a representation of the total way in which we penetrate the world with our ideas, with our love, with our care, with with our, you know, everything that we have to offer. So if there's a disconnection with the physical, there's likely some disconnection with the spiritual way in which that you know, I'm not actualizing the totality of my penetrative force because there's a disconnect between my literal penetrative force and some way in which that relationship isn't quite right. And so getting that relationship quite right, you know, getting that relationship right then will allow me to express myself in totality. And that that concept is also really important because one of the things that really was helpful for all of this performance anxiety was to represent realize that my sexuality wasn't condensed to my cock that my entire body is my cock yeah Mm. and that when i'm making love to vailana i'm not making love with just my penis i'm making love with the totality of myself with my hands with my mouth with my energy with my chest with my eyes with my breath with every part of me is part of the act of making love and it's all important so and, and the unnecessary you know, prioritization of this one aspect, it just puts everything out of balance. And so when I brought that back in balance more, everything started to smooth out a lot. But it's all, you know, I can see how it's all working towards this more holistic understanding of the masculine as a penetrative force, not in a forceful way, but in a way of like, this is what I have to offer. And I'm waiting for whatever the world wants to open to me not trying to force my way through but what is the yoni of the world or the yoni of my woman how how deeply is it opening yeah and you know and how how safe can they feel based on the strength that i can hold yeah and it's like when people have this sort of amorphous fear of like taking plant medicine right it's often like a fear of discovering their own power their own divinity their own oneness with the universe Pussy and penis are like this locus points of internal divinity, like mm. that, like a full activation. It like, it's not an accident that our disempowerment inside of ourselves went hand in hand with so much sexual shame, so much sexual control. So it's like when you're facing this kind of like generalized fear of going in there, of having a conversation with your penis, it's literally also a fear of your own divinity and greatness because that is the end point of having the deepest relationship to your sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens sometimes is people, when when they're trying to be full-bodied and full-hearted, but it's not driven, 
by connection to the penis. It's like it doesn't have that full, like like the sexuality doesn't fully open and flow. So that's also why with with men, with anyone really, I recommend that they actually start with their genitals first. So like that's the ground from mm-hmm. which then the entire body and heart and everything else that you make love with comes alive. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like if you want to change your consciousness, use the levers that are in the body, Yeah, right? Like you talk to so many of the smartest people, like from Tony Robbins to Andrew Huberman, who are like, all right, if you want to change something about the way you're thinking, go to your breath. Don't go to your thoughts, go to your breath. Go to your nervous system first. Go to the physical, tangible ways. Go into a cold plunge, get a hard workout, do some breathing. A lot of your thoughts are going to change on their own if you start changing your nervous system. And like a lot of these aspects of our spiritual becoming will change if we go to the physical and start doing that work that we can actually do, you know, with the levers that we have available that are tangible. Totally. And like all of these luminaries in society kind of on the cutting edge are talking about the nervous system in this way. We often forget that most of our major nerves actually innervate our pelvic floor, the entire, like our entire sexual region. It's so important for the vagus nerve. So when we have this like dis- subtle disconnection from our sexuality, from our pelvic floor, from our genitals. I wish there's a better word for genitals. Um, it's like so <laughs> unsexy. I've been trying to like invent all new words. Um, ugh, even the pudendal nerve, it means the shame nerve in Latin. We're like, ah, that's like the major nerve that innervates the clitoris. <laughs> Got to change it. So anyways, it's like when you come alive in this way, you're also activating these very rich nerve endings that are so essential for your entire nervous system. Mm. Right. When you're subtly shutting that down with like shame and fear and guilt and, and um, contraction, it's actually these like core parts of your nervous system that are getting shut down. And mm-hmm. just like we finally recognize like the gut is so important for every aspect of our being, literally the way that you relate to your pussy and your penis impacts your entire nervous system, how you feel, how you relate to the world. Yes, spiritually, but also just biologically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, Vi, you're up. Why yeah. don't you why don't you share some of the some of the challenges you felt in your sexuality and yeah. and then you know, offer Layla the opportunity to talk about how to. Yeah, for sure. You want to we have many more men's it? practices, though. Oh, like we yeah. could add, okay. we could add just a couple more if we yeah, want. Let's, that's yeah, let's like, keep yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stop at the talk. All right, the let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and then we'll jump in. Okay, great. So from there, what I would recommend is doing a basic, what I call body meditation. So anywhere from one minute to five minutes, which is to actually scan your pelvic floor, your testicles, and your penis, and to describe the sensation you're feeling and where you're feeling it. And what this does is it actually trains your nervous system to become very sensitized to the sensations inside of your penis Mm -hmm. and helps you with that thing that you're talking about. That sense of separation Mm -hmm. happens because most of the time you're going throughout your day and you only pay attention to your penis when something massive is going on down there versus having this like everyday sensitized, connected reality. And so what happens when you do something like a body meditation is you give more brain space to the experience of sensation inside of your penis. Mm. And so what that means is you become more sensitive and you're able to feel more. That's also a big part of why a lot of men aren't able to be super satisfying if they have female partners to women in the bedroom is because they're actually subtly desensitized. And so they're having to fuck with a level of intensity and disconnection to actually feel. So you can retrain your system to actually feel more with less. 
That mm. feels really important for women too. Cause when a man is very disconnected and they're just like jackhammer bunny, I mean, sometimes that's great, but like when, when they're disconnected, the woman feels it. And it's also not very pleasurable for them to be disconnected from their own pleasure. Cause it can be abrasive. Totally. Yeah. And like really deep, intense, hard sex feels good at like when your whole body is opened. Mm -hmm. But prior to that moment, it's like if anyone tries to massage your back and they go in super hard and you're not like, Whoa. exactly. Yeah. That's what your body does. When a pussy does that, when a pelvic floor does that, when an anus does that, all that's left is like pain or disconnection or numbness. Yeah. So this idea of being able to be slow enough, sensitive enough, connected enough, that the body can open and then you can be available for whatever you really desire. But if you go in too hard, too fast, the body's going to automatically contract. And that's where a lot of women end up being so performative with men in the bedroom because their bodies never got the chance to open. And once your body has contracted, it's felt unconsensual. It's felt too hard. It's felt too fast. It's very hard to unwind that again. Yeah. And then you just feel disconnected and numb. So the only thing you have available to you is like performance or faking an orgasm or just getting it over with unless you're like literally, and, and this is so hard to do, empowered enough to be like, wait, my body shut down. Mm -hmm. Like we need to stop and pause until I can open back up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like it's simple, like a, like a penis meditation. You're like, oh, and it has like such a real world impact. The desensitization is something that I think is is kind of universal. And I think in different ways, I think men often run into the desensitization through pornography. They're yeah. learning that way. You That's know, what they're like the, the way that the way that we're taking on sexuality is like the the most intense intense energy like through a fire hose in this sexual encounter that's tapping into all kinds of different our own traumas and our own desire for domination and our own, you know ego's desire to be the most powerful one and to have you know somebody serve us or whatever the thing is that it's tapping into and it's just like blasting and that kind of desensitization when you get into the actual lovemaking you could be used to this kind of force that's coming in so that could make you want to force like oh well, well this is what i'm used to this is the neuronal pathways that i've trained within myself and i think that's a that's a, a challenge that we can get into. And I don't think it's probably too dissimilar to a woman that uses an ever escalating, increasing intensity of a vibrator every day. Yep. And then all of a sudden, like the subtle so touch numbing. of their male lover is like, what are you doing? Do you have a, you know, do you have something with some power exactly. that you can get here? You know, but yeah. it's the same idea. But I think, you know, men don't have that for their cock, but they have it for their mind, which is the absolute extension of of your cock in that way and so being mindful of desensitizing yourself yes and it's not to put shame upon you know the act of watching porn out it's bad it's like it's just this is very pragmatic this totally. is like practical yeah you know? like let's look at the impact like yeah what's the impact of eating white sugar you don't have to feel ashamed about it you don't have to feel bad but what does it do to your body right mm -hmm. and i think we can have a realistic conversation about porn of what is that doing to your nervous system to your relationship to sexuality over and over again um it's an important conversation for our society to have. And the other thing with this body meditation, right? There's so much in every practice. They seem so simple and like there's so much packed into it. So that performance, right? We like to, as a culture, try and control our reality, like prefrontal cortex. This is how I want to feel. This is what I want to happen. I'm going to try and control my body into getting me that outcome. So a lot of us in sex are coming from prefrontal cortex. We're fantasizing. We're trying to make an orgasm happen. We're future oriented, right? That's the most, um, it's, it's a beautiful part of the brain, but it's also the part of the brain where like 
very little magic happens, right? So if you want to experience powerful sex, rich feelings, like potent orgasms, all of that happens in the deeper parts of the nervous system. You call it the reptilian brain. I like to think of it as like the primal brain, the limbic system. So it's these richer, deeper parts of the nervous system that actually give us the sexual experiences that we're craving. When we're continuously controlling our body from the cortex, we're actually numbing out those sensations. They can see that um, in MRI scans that they've done of people who are masturbating, that they actually will have numbed physical sensations because controlling parts of their brain are going in and shutting down the pleasure. So something as simple as a body meditation, it shifts you out of sex coming from your cortex into sex happening from Mm. within. Mm. And it's a type of surrender and a type of trust because you're then starting to allow your sensations to dictate what you're going to do, how you're going to move, how you're going to feel. And it switches the whole thing from I'm going to perform and control sexuality Mm -hmm. to I'm going to allow sexuality through me, which can feel even more powerful. Like in our society, we think that control is more powerful, but actually sex coming from up from within is the more powerful experience. I think most of us would agree. So even though it's like these very simple sexual practices are actually rewiring your nervous system in really powerful ways. Mm. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to this and when we talk about partnership, but I think one of the beautiful things about being in this partnership with Vailana is that there's, I think in past relationships, you know, because of this performative element and actually, you know, polyamory was not particularly healthy for that aspect because it was inherently felt competitive. Yeah. You know, like it was like, <laughs> fuck, like yeah. we're really in it here, you know? And so- Come on, uh, yeah. control penis harder. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Because otherwise he is yeah. whoever he is, yeah. you know? But this, this, you know, there was this kind of like at the moment where you felt the engorgement start to wane you know there was this like gotta summon the most aggressive thing i can in my mind to keep this thing moving at the highest level because but you know better yeah because as i have to i had this outcome that i needed to achieve yeah but in in our lovemaking as it's unfolded which has been very healing for both of us as that happens there's just no fear if it if it goes all the way to you know to retraction and we're just holding ourselves and loving each other like that's fine i've never felt one flinch from vi in any of those situations so because there's no fear the reality doesn't manifest where and so i don't have to reach for these things that i conditioned through years of pornography viewing and things it's like all right like here we are and here and this is what's here now and this is and it's just this this sense of ease that i'm still actually trusting more and more like it's still a process of unwinding many years of like come on here we go like yeah. let's get ready to rumble yeah. like come on <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know it's just like no no no, no. Like, like it's all good like, yeah we got all the time in the world yes. make love to each other yeah Okay, so two more steps to this so that I would recommend so it's like a complete introductory practice so um The next would be, so then you start touching your penis like you normally would to masturbate, but probably like five times slower than you usually would. Mm. And you want to slow everything down so you're really feeling. And again, you're still kind of keeping that emotional tone there. Like if I wanted to feel love, if I wanted to feel reverence, if I wanted to feel forgiveness, whatever it is, I'm like connected to that as I start to touch my own body. 
And so as you start stroking your penis, then you're going to bring in breath work. So again, it can be anywhere from like two to five minutes of breath work and doing a deeper, fuller breath than you usually would. Mm. And again, a lot of these sexual practices, they've got the same intention, which is you're going to take down cortical control. So when you touch your penis most of the time, because I do it all the time, but this is... Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know from touching my own pussy, so I'm going to yeah, extrapolate yeah, sure. and talking to, like, you know, whatever, tens of thousands of men. So <laughs> the the like when you go to touch your penis, when you start bringing in that breath work, and you're going to breathe as though you could breathe into your testicles, into your penis, into your pelvic floor, into your anus, what happens is it collapses your everyday sense of being able to control mm. your sexuality and it collapses the inclination, the very conditioned inclination to think about your sexuality. So to either fantasize or to start thinking about orgasm or to feel your pleasure and then just push your pleasure, right, towards something. What happens when you're breathing like that is you can't control in the same way because that kind of breath work is literally silencing your cortex. And what happens is it allows the sensation limbic responses to become stronger. You actually mm. feel them more. So what will happen in that case is like kind of on a spectrum from feeling more pleasure, feeling more intensity, feeling more turn on, or it can actually be feeling the unfelt things. So when you start breathing, you might feel the shame. You might feel the sense that you need to control. You might feel the numbness. You might have a memory float up of a past sexual experience. So what you're doing is instead of going down and being like, okay, penis, like this is what's going to happen. You're basically saying, I'm here. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. And what's here? Mm -hmm. what's here now. And so you're training your body and your sexuality to be less controlled and to actually show you what's there. And so this is where when we say like throw out a word like sexual healing, like this is where you actually make the space mm -hmm. for something like that to happen. And it literally can happen. Like, yes, you can do super intensive sexual healing, but even just that five minutes, you'd be surprised how much your body will will allow. It's almost like the body's always wanting to heal, but we don't let that natural inclination. 100%. Yeah, until it's like things are awful. And then we're like, Hold oh, on. now I'm desperate. And now I got to, now I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you're basically saying to your body, okay, like show, like, like here's show the space. Yeah. Show me, show me what's unfelt, right? And mm -hmm. just like that Carl Jung quote, like, you know, what like the unfelt things, like if you don't feel them, they'll end up controlling you. You'll call it your destiny. It's the same thing with your sexuality. Like all the unfelt things in your body and your sexuality, they'll end up dictating who you are as a sexual being, who your partner ends up being, what kind of relationship you navigate, unless you have the courage to feel them. Mm -hmm. Once you start feeling them, it's not about getting rid of them or feeling shame that you have them, but then you start to have choice, right? Because then it's not subtly controlling your sexual experience anymore. You can actually get underneath the conditioning and then that's where you have the ability to choose, right? And so like from what I hear of what you're experiencing with Vailana, you've gone deep enough now that you have the choice between, you know, the like, oh, I'm going to like just go in there and perform mm -hmm. or the sense of like, I'm going to fucking connect and like feel yeah, what's yeah. here and be in it. And again, like it's not about like the performance is wrong or we can never do that or it's shameful, but it's like giving yourself the choice neurologically yeah. and you don't get that choice until you feel those pieces and then train yourself through things like meditation and breath work to get underneath them. Yeah. And then that's literally where you're sitting deep enough in your nervous system to feel that there even is a choice 
choice, let alone make one sexually. Instead of just like running a program that's like, oh, here, here we are, here's this pattern again, like well, then, on. And that's <laughs> the deepest bliss of sexual union is when the mind is completely out of the way when you don't have to fantasize about anything. You're just right there in the moment. And the, the, this idea, it occurs to me that it feels like a level of sexual mastery would be able to take that process all the way through a climax by yourself yes. without actually getting into the fantasy patterns like it's something that seems like whoa that seems almost impossible because i've had a whole lifetime of you know whether no matter where i'm masturbating it could be in the dark by myself but nonetheless the mind is still running something else to stimulate me so it's like external you know images and thoughts disconnected from my sensation which i'm creating and then in the merger i can get ejaculation but in this way and it's not even about the ejaculation but it feels like if you could do that without reaching to your fantasies and get to the point where you can actually reach full sexual ecstasy yes that would be incredibly powerful and yes. then it translates so well you know it's definitely easier with a partner but it seems like if you could do that with yourself then wow, that would be powerful. Totally. That's one of the challenges in our courses that we have is we actually have people do like 30 days of no fantasizing while they are self-pleasuring to literally build that neural pathway. Because people, if you never do that, your brain likes to do what it's always done. Mm -hmm. And it likes the easy trigger point. So it's just like, great, fantasy, let's do it. When you take the time to actually build that, and at first your brain and body are going to be like, hell no. Like, there's like <laughs> whenever I invite people to do this, they're like, what the fuck? Like, like, this is like, no way am I ever going to be able to orgasm by just touching myself and not thinking about fucking, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 trust me, trust me. It's going to feel real bad at first, you know? It's like quitting sugar. Like, at first you're like, oh my God, how, you know? And then like two or three weeks into it, you're like, yeah. oh shit, this is a whole new way of being. So like, I literally challenge people to do that and they make that leap. And what's amazing, right, is because your inner relationship reflects the outer relationship. So when you can have that level of intimacy, with your own sensation and your own body, then you can look into someone else's eyes and be that connected as well. So there's nothing wrong with sexual fantasies. Like I, I still love to use them in some of my self-pleasuring. I had to train myself out of ever using them with a partner. I don't really like using them with a partner anymore. But I, in the sexual fantasizing, I was like, it's a form of dissociation. Right? Like when I sexually fantasize, I check out of what's going on in my body. And you're allowing your. I go somewhere else. So there must be something that I don't want to feel. Right. There must be something that like I, I'm missing. And so I've done this with like a number of my fantasies, but when I used to be addicted to fantasizing with my partner, like right before I couldn't have an orgasm without having a fantasy with a partner in sex. And when I was like, what is like, what is the trigger point that's happening? I literally like went down into my pussy. I was like, we're not gonna fantasize. I'm gonna feel what the fuck is happening right now. And as I went in, I literally it was like like a legion of priests because like I was raised Catholic. And I was like, what's underneath the priests? And I went in and it was like lust, like that raw primal, like female lust. That's like, so like, no, 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 like eternity <laughs> in hell, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what? Like I've been fantasizing to avoid my own lust. And when I stopped the fantasy and like I had to retrain myself. So when I'd start to want to fantasize, I'd be like, no, 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 go in, find the lust, find the lust. What would happen? 
So I would get that activation of like wild, female, primal, animalistic lust. And I was like, wow, I was trading out that experience, like that raw, beautiful, divine experience for a fantasy. And then like, what did I miss with my partner? You know? So it's so powerful when we retrain ourselves of like, what's underneath the fantasies? What, What could we have if we had that level of intimacy with our own body? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Wow. Homework. Yeah. Homework. <laughs> All right. So the last step in this practice for, for a man is then, so you're turning yourself on, you're breathing, you're feeling things. If you feel shame, guilt, fear, sadness, story, anything else coming up, attend to it with love, right? So that would be kind of more of the sexual healing path. Like I love myself. I love this. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to feel it, right? It's a process of feeling the unfelt things. Don't go into a big story around it. Stay in your body, love your penis, love the experience that's happening. And slowly over time, this unravels it and it allows you to stop being controlled by whatever got conditioned in there in a very simple way. This is the most simple practice. The other option is you go into pleasure, right? And so you're starting to get turned on. So again, I would recommend for this practice, not fantasizing and instead breathing, using your breath to pull the pleasure from your penis into your heart. Mm. And to do that for at least 21 breaths. And this is so powerful because one of the kind of core pains of the masculine is this disconnection between heart and penis. And then that's where you get jackrabbit sex or totally disconnected or fantasy. That like you feel it as a woman in your body when that disconnection is there. Yeah. And it hurts. And it hurts in a man's body too, but he usually won't feel that until he gets the first connection. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes what was lost and not having that in the first place. So what happens when you breathe that pleasure up to your heart is that you'll then actually be forming that connection. So the two will start to work in tandem and your heart will come online when you're having sex a lot more often. And then after that, you can just touch yourself to pleasure because what happens, or touch yourself to orgasm or climax if you want, what happens is that you've then shifted things in your nervous system and you'll experience often climax or um, ejaculation or orgasm. They can all be separate experiences in a different way. And so that's what's also allowing your body to repattern itself after this practice into a new way of orgasming or coming. Mm. It's kind of, I have the image of, you know, an avatar when they make Sahelu, which is the bond between the animal and the, and the, the avatar person, the the Navi people. And it seems like at that point, when, when that connection is made, then they're one, you know, like they become one with the animal that they're riding, whether it's the, the dragon or or whoever, whatever it is. But it's like me and the wolf all of a sudden having Sahelu, you know, my heart and the wolf, my heart and my penis, like forming that bond. And all of a sudden we're together and we're one and separate, but the same. Yeah. And like the power of that, when that actually happens, I mean, that's what creates that most powerful state. Yeah. And I want to clarify for like the men listening, because I think sometimes we think, oh, my heart's in it. So then it has to be like, always sappy sex or really slow like like slow kissing and playing like boys the men or whatever like kind of situation and like it's actually the opposite it's like you can do anything when you have the, the like the penis heart connection the difference is is a lot of the time like 
any woman who's like sensitive, receptive, connected to herself, she's she's not going to want most of what you do if it's just penis. When heart and penis are connected, like that's when she wants anything. And there's actually this primal freedom that starts mm-hmm. unlocking. Like that's when the wild feels so much better than to the feminine. Yeah. And like, like a guy just like fucking in a disconnected way with just his penis, like it's cool. It's okay. As soon as you start opening and connecting to your body, you're like, wow, I only want his wildest, craziest, dirtiest everything when he's got that connection. Because mm-hmm. when his heart's there, you feel then, safe. Exactly. Yeah. So it's actually a key to greater wildness with your lovers, even yeah. though it feels not intuitive because it's through the heart. Interestingly, yeah. from my own experience, the most I've felt that unity of self has been in power exchange play, even yeah. with former partners, because at that point, it's like all I am is one wolf, right? And like everything is aligned. And there's yeah. this, this state where your brain's in you know flow state or transient hypofrontality or these other states of consciousness where yeah. everything is just unified and it's just the rapture of the moment, but it's required, you know, it's required that intensity for me to get there often until you know, except in maybe rare occasions and now frequently with Vailana where there can be both. There can yeah. be that wildness that draws in and allows the mind to to set back and my whole heart is in, you know, some deep primal sexual expression. Yeah. You know, but that was uh, that was always the thing that I reached for because what was I really craving? I was craving that point of dissolution of separation. I was craving being one entity, one being. And that would only express when it was in the most primal state. And then yeah. when it wasn't, and even if that wasn't what the situation was really asking for, I was like, then I was a little bit more disjointed. Mm-hmm. You know, I had enough sensitivity and in- intuition to know like, all right, this is not where we're going today. But nonetheless, it was more like mechanical almost because I couldn't form the connection in the softness. I could only form the connection when like the full beast came alive. Yeah. Right. But, and I think, you know, my partners could feel that. And so they would actually crave that aspect of me. Yeah. Maybe not so much because that was their fantasy. I'm sure it was in many cases. That is an exciting place to be. But nonetheless, I think what they were really craving, what I was really craving was the unified self making love to them. Yeah. And if that required some power exchange dynamic and okay, then we're going to go there because that's when all of Aubrey as one being is making love to me or fucking me. Yeah. You know, so yeah, really interesting to to make all of these connections about like, all right, what have I done? How has it worked? How has it worked with yeah. with myself? But it, but I've never practiced that with myself, not a single time ever, mm. not once. And mm. I would bet that the majority of the men listening are like, yeah, me too. Like I like Yeah. I've never had that experience by myself. Yeah. Ryan, you ever had that experience by yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Amy's going to be so grateful. (laughs) Yeah, and the heart's the first stage, right? And then you connect third eye and then you connect whole body. So it's like this like multi-stage process to get all the way into that unified field in a sexual state. And then it feels like I just would love to reiterate from the feminine perspective, like, how safe that feels to yes. go deep yeah. into all the different realms of expression, which can be, you know, like dominant submissive in in all the ways. Like for for it to feel safe, if we feel you like fully online and fully connected, yeah. it'll it, it it gives us the permission to go deeper. Yeah. And it's like, wow, how 
extraordinary can sex be when I feel safe enough to do all these wild primal things yes. and let that part of me live? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, it's, it's, it's so sad what has happened because like in, in this heavy conditioning of masculine sexuality, right? And this deep disconnection of penis from the rest of the body, from unity consciousness, from heart, like then what happens is women end up mirroring that like in, you know, a heterosexual partnership with their own performance, shut down, That's disconnected, feeling about. unsafe. Yeah. 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 yeah so I, I guess I can segue into, if yeah, you're complete yeah. there, um, into my own, I've actually had a lot of processing that's happened for me since we have come together. A lot of it's been really beautiful healing of yeah. like, wow, I'm really being loved for the first time in a, in a way that's, you know, in our sexual expression, like I've never been loved before mm -hmm. feelings, you know, in sex. And then there's also these other elements that I've been sort of unraveling um, fairly so recently. Just to, just to stay with that, I mean, so people understand, Yeah, you've felt like and that you've been loved and then fucked, but those were separate, Very those were separate. separate expressions. It didn't feel like they had ever merged and in my mind i didn't know the difference so yeah. i always felt like oh this is my partner that i'm with like when we have sex it feels you know it feels good but it it like i didn't really understand what being made love to meant until we were intimate mm -hmm. because i cried hysterically like i i can't believe i've been in my life this long and like never actually like felt this kind of love and surrender like it there was a there was a grief in that um, there was also a celebration, like wow, I made it, and I'm so <laughs> grateful to be experiencing this. But it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a very intense moment for me of, of, of having that recognition. But um, so, and that's and, and that's to say, like, it's not like I'm sex Jesus either. Like, I haven't even done any of the basic steps, you know, here it, as well. It's but like, it was a, it was a, it was a feeling. It's a, yeah. the feeling that like. I am safe with this person because I really truly feel their deep love and honor and reverence for me. Yeah. I think that's the big thing that I've been unpacking for some time is a lot of my former choices, you know, with myself, my own levels of discernment where I've transgressed myself is there there wasn't this honor and reverence for my own body yeah. and the way that I allowed for, you know, men to be in my body. There's a lot of this like you know, I've done a, I've done a lot of ceremonies to un, unwind a lot of this mm. so that I could reclaim my full sexual expression because I still feel it's like I'm. Our, I'll just say it: our sex is wild and yeah. extraordinary and freaking amazing. I can also feel it's like there's this part of myself that I'm tuning into that feels it's like I'm not even fully there yet. Yeah, like there are still parts that I am unwinding yeah. that I shut down in shame of myself because of how I've participated in very toxic sexuality. Like I had one relationship in particular that was very, um, just, I'll, I'll just call it toxic. Um, and it was that tense, you know, that tension, like push and pull, like 
I literally can't stand you, but then we have makeup sex and it feels so exciting. And it's like a it's it's like the intense separation and chaos, mm. but then coming back together in some kind of union. But it was like it was the thing that was feeding the relationship was this toxic sexuality. Mm. And that, you know, relationship was there was a lot of betrayal and a lot of um, dishonesty. Mm. And I think because I participated in that way with 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 being so drawn to very um toxic sexuality i feel i can tune into my body and feel like i think there's still some aspect of me that's a little bit shut down because it's like my body my yoni doesn't trust me mm. you know yeah. like i've been through ceremonies where you know ayahuasca and and other ceremonies where i've had to really be with like really go deep into how I have been with former partners and people that weren't my partners and in all these ways that I, um, there was no sacredness in sex whatsoever. There were elements of, you know, being performative. There were, you know, the, the toxic draws and it, it, all these different things that I've actually felt my body as its own entity feeling unsafe with me and my discernment mm -hmm. and my choices so a lot of what you were saying, you know, prior to this, and even with the practices that you were offering for the masculine, like for the feminine, which I, you know, I, I can imagine that there could be things that are really similar to what you offered for the masculine, but like how to like fully reclaim and be in, in my authority and reclaim my sexuality. Cause I'm, I mean, it's already like, this, you know, being in this partnership has been, I've, explored things I never thought possible in ways that I get excited and turned on and all these novel things that I'm getting to experience that are so exciting and deep love making, you know, like it's been all, all it, the expression has been in, in just all over the place, but I still feel like I'm not fully, like I know that there's even more. Mm. And so I would love, and you know, and I, and I think for a lot of women, because they aren't honoring of their own of themselves they're not loving themselves in a way that they have boundaries to be like no this isn't healthy for me this isn't right for me i'm not just going to do it because you want me to or because that's how i feel like maybe you'll like me or all those you know all those stories like for women who feel dissociated from their own pleasure or who feel performative like it 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 feels like the the scientific formula for going into sex it's like okay well like i have to come because then they're going to come but i think for a lot of women they think well i got to i got to do it or fake it because then he's got to do it and it's just like that's like what sex is it's totally. it's it's just like fully disconnected um and i've definitely you know i've definitely in my past felt that way you know following that very toxic relationship where I, I think I just began to dissociate from my own pleasure. So for women who feel dissociated from their yoni and the power of it and the honoring of it and the reverence for it, how do we reclaim, you know, how do we reclaim our sexuality to be in its full expression? I'm so happy you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Orgasms for everyone. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that made me sweat. <laughs> yeah, so it's the it's it, it's it's such a similar process, and like 
I love like one of the things I love about, you know, these conversations is like asking me to break it down into this like very granular, like, no, but really like, how would you like car mechanic style? Like, <laughs> yeah, what do you yeah. want me to do to my pussy? To, yeah. yeah. And so I'll just say like on the, in the biggest level, like, you know, that like I've spent 18 years creating that body of work for women and men, but with like a deep passion for women and just like, you know, having a crystal egg practice, like a jade egg practice, having a sex magic practice, having your own pleasure practice, right? Mm -hmm. So important because as like kind of, I, I love what you've just articulated so much of it. And like, you can have a partner who's so in love with you. You're having the most amazing sex. And still there's these pieces that are about your relationship to yourself, Yeah, right? That like my relationship to my past, my relationship to my pussy. And so again, it's like that individual practice is so important alongside a couple's practice or just on your own if you don't have a partner because then you're still upgrading your sexuality along the way. So you're a better match to someone mm -hmm. with a more upgraded sexuality. Yeah. So oh, that's an important, like, let that sit for a second. Like yeah. if you're doing the work to upgrade your own sexuality and your intimacy with yourself, you're like a vibrational match for better sexuality with other. That's really, really important to check. So important. <laughs> yes. And so important to really claim that when you're single, when you don't have a partner or even within partnership, like, you know, I've worked with partners that have been together like 15 years and they'll take 30 days to do their own practice to find themselves again after 15 years to really do their own work and then come back as a different match. But yeah, we tend to think like when we're out in the dating world, it's like, okay, I'm waiting for a partner to open my sexuality versus like, what am I doing in my own body to connect to my pussy, to connect to my heart, to up level my entire sexuality. So like, that's what I can say yes to in the future. Like, so, so important. So for women, it's, oh my God, it's so many things. And, and what's fascinating is we could basically walk through the exact same process, right? Yeah. Like having a 15 minute pleasure practice. Um, I really love for women to use something like a crystal egg, which is like an egg shaped. Um, it can be borosilicate glass. It can be jade. It can be made it, as long as it's a body safe material. Or I actually really recommend that women, um, if they're in heterosexual partnerships, use like a body safe dildo when they self-pleasure because this is the, like if we were talking about vibrators earlier, being like stimulating your body and creating those neural pathways in a way that you are then unable to receive pleasure with a partner usually, mm -hmm. something like self-pleasuring with a dildo actually mirrors the kind of like experience with a partner. So you're creating those pathways of learning how to be orgasmic through penetration, mm -hmm. learning how to be orgasmic with a penis inside of you, learning how to be orgasmic like deep inside of your vagina versus just using your external clitoris. Mm -hmm. So again, it's sort of thinking very consciously about every single time I touch myself, like what am, what am I creating in my body? And doing that again, like, how do I want to feel towards my pussy, right? It's so normal. Like the first time I looked at my pussy in the mirror, I was like, oh, monstrosity. You know, I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I was just like, I was horrified, you know, it was crazy. And like, I just could, I just, I was like, how does anyone find that attractive? And I was like, oh my God, we got to work on this. Right. So like, <laughs> and this is how a lot of women feel when they look at them and they're like, it smells weird. It looks weird. Who could ever want it? You know, like they can't, and it's like, no, like straight dudes want pussy. Like they actually find it very sexy, you know? And so like, <laughs> 
He thinks it's beautiful. I do. It's very healing. Totally. So like fight, like, like how, like what, what emotional tone, right? Because even that simplicity of like, wow, looking at my vulva and what actually comes up, you know, like, is it fear? Is it shame? Is it something needs to be different? Is it's not good enough? Is it like all of that? Is it I smell weird? Like, what is the actual feeling? And again, just like having a relationship to like an actual cat, like it's good to, like I like thinking of it as a kitten. Cause I'm like, how would I, how would I treat a kitten? Would I be like, you're fucked up. You look weird. There's something wrong with you. You smell. Would I'd be, be like, like come here, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, and it's like, she hears you, you know? Like she, she is you, so she's responsive to mm-hmm. that kind of relationship. So like, okay, what kind of emotional tone do I want to feel? How do I go in there with that emotional tone? Like I'm committing to a new relationship. And a lot of women feel that sorrow that you described and like not having felt it before, I call that the ocean of sadness. Mm. And like, it's part of the, it's, it's part, I have not yet come across a person that didn't at some point hit the ocean of sadness. And for women, it's like, what's been lost Mm. in us doing that to ourselves? What's been lost in not having boundaries and toxic choices in forgetting the magic and beauty of our own pussies? And like, like when you feel what's really there, you also can grieve what's lost for yourself and then the whole fucking planet, you know? Yeah. And so like, feel it, like, like, Healing that is so important. And I think sometimes we go a little bit down the journey. And if you haven't done that level of work and all of a sudden you just want to like sob, you know, in sex, it can be like, oh my God, I'm doing something wrong versus like, no, you're doing something right. Like, yeah. like find you're the ocean it. of sadness because yeah. it means that you're starting to know that you deserve differently mm. and that we all deserve differently and that there was ever a choice. Yeah. Let's just, for people who don't understand what you do with the jade egg or how you use a dildo differently than how the men have been using their penis on you if, if you've been in unconscious sexual experiences, like what is it from just a you know, really mechanical standpoint? Like what are you, what are you actually doing? Where do, where do you put the egg? What do you do? How do you use the dildo? Right, so you put the egg in your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I got that part. But some people Did might be like, I don't know. We what don't do you know. Do? You'd be surprised if people like in the anus. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's <laughs> you can literally go all the way up into your body. Do not do that. Okay. So <laughs> you must always have a base in anything that you put up your anus. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Lessons. <laughs> I didn't know that. Important <laughs> guideline. Um, so, uh, yeah, a crystal egg is, so again, it can be made of many different types of materials. Jade is the traditional one in the Taoist tradition. Um, but as long as it's body safe, you put it up your vagina. And what's so cool about it is that again, it's, it's a kind of practice where people are like, oh, do kegels, you know? And you're like, when are you going to ever do kegels unless you actually like have a kind of thing that you go and do that you're connected to? So you can think of it like a crystal egg, like having a yoga mat. Like if someone was like, you know what, you should do downward dog, you should do pranayama, but there wasn't like a place to go and do it. Like when would you ever do it? When would you just be casually like, oh shit, I'm going to do my pranayama now. Like it's like we as humans, we need something to connect to as like, this is my practice. So what I love about the crystal eggs is like they are a practice that you're like, oh, I'm going to put this egg inside my vagina 
And now I'm going to do pelvic floor strengthening work. I'm going to do emotional release work. I'm going to do sexual healing. Um, so you can think of it kind of as having a yoga practice for your vagina where you're literally breathing into the egg. There's all kinds of different practices. So I can give you like an example of one. It's called like one, two, three bliss. It's a, it's a Taoist practice. And so you'd put the egg inside your vagina and you squeeze your pelvic floor and you release and you squeeze your pelvic floor and you release. Like one of the few scientifically proven ways to have a better orgasm is to have a stronger pelvic floor, but also you want to have a relaxed pelvic floor. So you're not just trying to build strength because you'll get tightness. You want strength and relaxation at the same time. Then you can actually squeeze around the egg and release, squeeze around the egg and release. And then you go up and you focus right around your cervical area and you squeeze above and you actually move the pleasure up through into your heart. So you're learning to turn your vagina into a pleasure channel that shoots pleasure into your heart. This is also how like, if you've heard, you know, like giving him a hand job with your vagina, like this is how you would train yourself to do such a thing. Uh, <laughs> and again, you're not going to be sitting around just being like, I'm going to learn how to give a hand job with my vagina. Like you need a practice, right? Yeah. So the crystal egg like gives you this practice of like, wow, <laughs> and again it's like you can see how like these sexual experiences we crave like we can work on them like like you know riding a penis on top and you want that full body release right it's like so you do a practice like that like one two three bliss with the egg inside and you're like okay i can squeeze my pelvic floor i can squeeze deep inside my vagina i'm training myself to have pleasure and sensitivity in these areas so i'm actually orgasmic in my cervical area which of a lot of women if they don't train themselves to do that they have compacted psychosomatic tension from fear shame guilt trauma uh, too hard of penetration before they were ready. And slowly over time, the cervical area contracts and creates pain. So that's why the cervix is often thought of as like a painful area for most women. Mm. But when you do work to release that tension and pain, just like getting a really good deep tissue massage, and then your body's open and your body starts to feel pleasurable instead of painful, you can do the same thing with your sexual physiology. So then you're squeezing at the top of the egg and you're learning to shoot that pleasure into your heart and then your third eye. So when you're actually making love, it's like you're training your body to take the pleasure into all these areas and that creates that full body experience. So that's just like one tiny practice that you would do with a crystal egg. There's a whole methodology behind it that's so incredible. Um, but even that one practice, you can see how that would train you to have deeper, better, more powerful sex. It seems, you know, I, I use the metaphor of, you know, the wolf for my penis and or the or the the other little guy in the sidecar, you know, and <clears throat> And it seems like, you know, there's there's a way in which from a functional standpoint, a lot of women have thought about their sexuality, their pussy, their their attraction is this kind of almost spider web. Like mm. I'm going to catch, I'm going to catch mm. a man. I'm gonna catch mm. a man's attention with this thing. And if I give him this thing, it'll trap him. It'll trap him in the yeah. web, right? Because I'll hook into his pleasure, I'll hook into his and it's this very kind of reductionist functional standpoint instead of this is this is like a living breathing birthing. honey hive birthing hive of god yeah. that's that's here you yeah. know and of course if if someone gets access to this of i mean it's this is the the sacred place right yeah. this is a very special thing that i'm offering it's not just a trap yeah you know it's not just a web that's going to capture something and get what i want what my mind wants which may be love which may be safety which may be desire which may be validation which may be all of these things like i'm going to use this to get something yeah 
but that's let's be like using it's using a part of you instead of being in relationship with it and honoring that part of you yeah mm. and we can only really understand like why women do that like by understanding what patriarchy did to them, which is like, instead of having a supportive tribe, like a fully intact family, like people who raise your child with you, like for thousands of years, for most of us, it was like your entire survival, your children's survival, you having any access to wealth, any access to power is all through a man. And the moment you don't have a man in society, like you couldn't even have a checking account on your own in the United States without your husband's sign off in the 1970s in like certain places. Like it's just hard to understand mm. like what that kind of experience will do to a woman. So like instead of feeling like my sexuality is my own, like our grandmothers didn't have that kind of privilege 100 years ago. Yeah. They were like, I like my husband can't leave me at all costs, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so that sort of it's like to unwind that is to also like come back into our sovereignty as women of like, my God, like, yeah, I'm sitting on this like ocean of gems and like, like everlasting, like abundant gold, right? And to know that it's so important to have that connection to our own magnificence, because if you don't have that, how can you sustain such an incredible partnership, right? The terror of losing it becomes yeah. too strong and true love is terrifying. So fear-based. So having that internal relationship to your own sexuality actually helps you have a more powerful partnership because when you're trying to trap from a spider web it's like it's it it like how can you then have this like elevated magnificent relationship and it's fine to have the spider web because i think relationships include everything mm -hmm. but no like it's like i feel I, I come across so many women that are terrified of letting go of that kind of trapping mentality and claiming their own power because they're like oh I'll be alone, someone won't be attracted to me versus like, no, when you have that pillar of your own radiance, like that's actually when we all know that falling in love is terrifying and having like really incredible partnership is terrifying. You can withstand that terror and choose the love when you have that relationship to self and yeah. sexuality and beauty. And you have the magnetism to attract what it is you actually want. Totally. And that's a, it's like such a, I love that you mentioned that just about the collective healing that's happening too. It's like, if if any one of us has that level of healing, like that's in the collective, you know, that's in the collective pie. So yeah. it's like, that's how things start to shift, but it starts with every one of us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's this instant, interesting mm -hmm. dynamic, which is mirrored in all of nature. It's the red queen effect, right? Like yeah. women using their sexuality as a spider web, men get excellent at disentangling themselves from spider webs and mm. preventing themselves from getting stuck. Mm. And then so you get, even stronger spider webs and even stronger you know jailbreakers of like the 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 things like uh -uh, i'm not going to get trapped and so in that paradigm it's actually just creating more and more of the same but it's never going to actually work yeah right? like you're just breeding a, a a better you know a better escape artist from the thing that you're trying to do and yeah. so you get a better spider web and then you get a better escape artist and then you're in this constant chase, but yeah. you're never actually finding the real fulfillment or healing. Healing anything, yeah. And that's an important, like, I could I could see what you're saying as potentially being um, maybe triggering for women, but I think, or maybe not, maybe I'm totally off. However, I felt a little triggered. If, yeah, I, I, I could I could see that. And, it, and, it, and, and I know, and I know you, so I know it doesn't, it comes from the most loving place, but 
it, it also is like really important to reflect on of like yeah. being in integrity with self of like what am I what am what am I what am I doing here yeah am I being true to me am I being you know that's that level of discernment and boundary where you know how he's describing it is actually what I was doing because I wanted to feel love yeah so I was opening myself to penetration into a person <clears throat> to come into my energy field in my body because I wanted to feel love because I want, you know, like all, all the conditioning that we have as women yeah, and ancestral and, and just collective conditioning for so long, yeah. that's patterned. So like if I, if I actually had that as a tool, as much as at first I was like, oh, wow, that's an interesting thing to say. If I like could actually look at it like that, it's actually really helpful. Like, am I, am I, am I using my, am I using my yoni as a spider web right now? Yeah. Or am I loving it and being in tune with it like a kitten? Yeah. And as a man, am I using this letting out my heart and showing some sign of love as a way to gain access to totally. the yoni, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is the same kind of spider mentality of yeah. like, oh, let, oh, I love you, baby. Oh yeah. Now, all right, great. Now you're going to give me access to your pussy, right? And so, and this is, these yeah. are these things that we may not even realize that we're doing, but we're driven towards this. And that's the, I think that's a very common toxic expression of the masculine. It could happen that a man's like, look at this dick, you know, like this is the thing. I know you want this dick, you know, but that's like kind of a joke. It's like that Paul Rudd joke. It's like, Pop it doesn't happen. As, dick yeah, up you want, in your bag. You know, but it's, it's, we all use ways to, to kind of use our sexuality or, or use some aspect of herself to get sexuality. But all of this is a form of usury rather than union. Yeah. And it's it's not any judgment. We've all participated yeah. in all aspects totally. of this in every way possible. And sometimes it's love, sometimes it's financial support, sometimes it's leverage, sometimes it's all of this is, you know, a big part of the toxicity that you know enshrouds it. When yeah. really this is something of two empowered people coming together union for union's sake yeah. you know like that's the highest articulation but i don't i think it's helpful to be mindful of like all right we've all stepped in places where we're we're in a in a usury standpoint yeah totally and just where like you give up like for me like one of the things that i really looked at this entire year is like where have i given up and betrayed myself time and time again in relationship or with sexuality because I I desperately wanted love or to be chosen or to be good enough. Like, like what do I make more important than like my own sovereignty and my own truth? And that's that like, like it's like when we say like, oh my God, self-love is so important, right? But it really is that thing of like, I love myself so much that I will get out of the lie that like, like dishonoring myself truly gets me what I want. Yeah. That like, like, like it's more important to sit in self-honor and like then trust that that comes in a real way rather than like play in that field. And that's such a process. Like I'm still in that process of being like, oh shit, look, I self-abandoned again. Mm. <laughs> like I wanted love or I wanted, yeah. I like, like literally for me, it's like being chosen or not being abandoned Same. and like wanting to like be like, you know, and instead of remembering how sovereign and how whole and how beautiful I am, I'm like, okay, I'll just give up. I'll like, I'll, I'll give up whatever felt sacred or important to me and trade it. And so for me, yeah, it's like looking, it's like having the honesty with myself of like, where do I trade my truth 
because I, I feel like something's more important than my own truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it a little bit beforehand, but this other aspect of the deep fear that has been in the male mind around an empowered woman's sexuality, yeah. right? I mean, this has been something that men have been terrified of because yeah. the ability to access these deeper states of consciousness and magic, I mean, we use the word magic and I'm sure we'll get into it. It's been something that's terrified men, yeah. men who are disconnected from their heart, disconnected from all of that feminine aspect of sensation and all of these things that we're talking about. They're like, no, no, let's let's cut that out and let's condense you know, the feminine to some kind of propertization. Like this is some form of property. And this is a mindset for so long and so actively repressed. Yeah. And there's this beautiful now awakening and reclaiming of that. And but it still takes a man with the courage to to look into that look into that immense power and be like, whoa. Yeah. You know, and and really honor it and revere it. And don't you think maybe, I mean, this is just my feeling about it, but it's like, you know, when you're like in total poverty mentality and you want to do something big and you look at someone with like a hundred million dollars who is really successful and like all, like, like if you're really repressing it in yourself, like all you like want to do is stop them or make them play small. So you don't have to face the pain of every choice you ever made. Yeah, It's like, I feel like I mean, I feel like there's the story of like men are afraid of these powerful women, but aren't they just afraid of their own divine magnificence, you know? And I feel like women, it's almost slightly, this is what I've seen in sacred sexuality. It's slightly easier in the beginning for women to open into that. Like it's still, there's a lot of like shame and conditioning and all of that. But for a woman to be like, holy shit, I'm full of sexual magic and full body (laughs) orgasm. And this is a pillar to the divine and my pussy is the goddess. And like, wow, (laughs) right? Like I'd say like, give me three hours, you know? And like, we'll get there, you know? (laughs) With a man, it's like, give me three months. You know, to like get all the way there. Not every man, but it's like there's this like process of like really getting in there. The magnificence is the same. Like Mm -hmm. the the power is the same. It's it's its own power. But I almost feel sometimes that like men have bought into that same lie of like two dimensional sexuality, watching porn, turning the like. I have this tantric uh, mentor. I love uh, uh, Ernest Morrow, and he says like you know turning the ocean of a woman into a swimming pool, right? Or mm. like the the solarity of a man into a grow lamp, right? Mm. Like I'll mm. stay small, but you have to stay small with me because otherwise it's going to trigger all of these like yeah. bargains that I made that I didn't really want to make. I didn't even know I made them. So sometimes I feel like a man staring into like the sexual magnificence of a powerful woman and like, we haven't trained him to be like, she is an invitation into my fucking greatness if I would yeah. let her be. Instead, they're like, oh, she's going to eat me. It's like, bitch, we don't want to <laughs> eat you. Like, we want to be on a planet full of kings. Like, you know, sometimes we don't give women enough credit. They're like, oh, those angry feminists. I'm like, do you know what we've been through? And we're like, sure. water under the bridge, my friend. Like, we just want to do our work. We want you to be magnificent. We want us to be magnificent. We all just want to grow together and like- yeah. You know, a couple thousand years of like trauma and pain, like let's all just like turn into our divine selves. Yeah. Like that's what awakened women really want. And so I feel like this like story of fear as well. It's like, wow, she 
She's just like, she's just the the goddess inviting you into your power. But it's trading out that small story, that attachment to being a grow lamp, because you can control a grow lamp and being like, holy shit, I was always the uncontrollable son. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This is a uh to be with that you really have to be willing to willing to almost like humble yourself to mm. where you're at and yeah. just not try to control it not have to always be in control like yeah. and this is something that anything that men have done to women they've also done to themselves yeah you know because the 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 place that we're all trying to get to yeah is a place where both of us, you know, both men and women are using each other as springboards to the divine articulation. Yeah. And when we're making anybody small, we're making ourselves small because we're demanding it. You yeah. know, we're not having that other equal force that can actually bring us into this. So the patriarchy has been as costly to men in many psycho spiritual emotional ways as it has been to women. Women have just borne the brunt of it in very particular vicious ways yeah. in many times and, and sometimes very violent ways yeah. that men haven't had to deal with but the psychological trauma of this mindset it runs deep in all of us totally totally and there's this it's like when i've seen porn and like seen the way that women are treated it's like i literally just want to be like do you know what it would mean if you knew she was a fucking goddess. Mm. You know? Do you know what that would do for you? Like who you would get to be. Mm. You know what we would all get to be in that. Like, yeah, it's for her, but it's for you just as much. You know? And like I'm reminded of I had a, a tantric teacher who would talk about like when we would learn how to do energy orgasm practices, and like the whole audience could sit in like a woman's awakening, right? Into her full, like ecstatic, full-blown body orgasm. And when a man would start to crack, like the level of like sorrow and pain and like people like couldn't be with it. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's so fascinating to me that like, yeah, for the last few thousand years, totally would rather been a man. Like, like hands down, like, I don't care. Like we're both, we're both fucked up inside, but like, I'd still rather have like social, economic, political power and like be the one like in control, 100%. Now with all of this freedom, it's, it's so delightful. It's so freaking delightful to be a woman. And there is something to that of this pain body that's being carried. And like, we've all, like, we've all gone there. And I think it's so it's just not being shared how sexually magnificent and divine men really are and can be that they have this like full spectrum beauty to their sexuality that is just as rich mm -hmm. as a woman's and like we have to get there together because you know we don't want to be a whole bunch of like goddesses and high priestesses just being like and there's just a whole bunch of unconscious like mm -hmm. still in his trauma kind of pain like we want to like do this together yeah and i think it's I mean, going going back to going back to pornography or any kind of utilization of sexuality for a purpose is it's really it's really really challenging to to actually use your sexuality in that way. I mean, I think you can see that same that same type of thing. I'm going to put on this performative act in you know the most degrading way to myself because it's going to get me a higher dollar amount for yeah. this particular thing, or it's going to get me booked on more. And it's the most kind of, it's 
this this condensation of that energy of like use this for this purpose type of thing that's um you know it's it's got to be deeply deeply challenging and i think it's it's you know something you can see in a you know exotic dancer it's not necessarily the dancing on the pole but it's the it's the lap dances you know and i've known dancers and i've had partners who were you know former dancers and it was it was the deep like that was where the the pain was that i'm giving you something that you because i want this thing from you yeah in return rather than like let's celebrate this together and it's not any judgment on that path we've all as i said we've all been our own porn stars and we've all been our own dancers in our own different ways using whatever we have to get what we want in the world so yeah like there cannot be if you start to judge at any point like just stop yeah because you're not looking deeply enough in yourself to see where you've done the exact same shit in a different way so like leaving all that aside but just kind of recognizing and then making a making a choice like do we want to participate in this energetically yeah you know or do we want to not participate in it not with judgment yeah but like but with lack of participation and love and a hand that says anytime you're ready like here's another path yeah yeah and if there's an ocean of of sadness in men that i've often seen it's like wow i i turned a goddess into a dehumanized object for my own egoic satisfaction because I lied to myself and told myself that I was just an ego rather than the divine as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a notion of sadness there that I feel like our culture is just starting to touch. Yeah, yeah, it runs deep in both. So, okay, so you get into a partnership, you come with all of these challenges, you come <laughs> with all of these things. Now we got a good roadmap for the self-practices yeah. alone, yeah. but you get in partnership and now a whole new world opens up. And you know, Vailana and I have seen this, how we've been able to really heal each other in very deep ways and also have amazing adventures and transcendental states that have emerged from our sexual exploration. You know, so what are some of the things that you know first of all let's talk about the challenges like i think in relationship you know challenges that people seem to have most commonly and i'll offer one challenge and i think one challenge is that when you have this very reduced form of sexuality then you need novelty to kind of spring you into excitement which springs you into presence you know which is i think why novelty is so exciting is because you're present when you're on a Mm. date with somebody new you don't look at your phone you don't think about so if you're into it you're fucking into it and you're there and presence is the magic itself but you're using novelty as this crude instrument Mm. to bring you into this state Mm. and so i mean i think that's one of the i think there's virtue to all different paths monogamy poly all of these different things but the novelty is is kind of it's effective but it's very it's like a crude instrument that requires constant re-updating of that thing because novelty ultimately gives way to taking something for granted and so i think there has to be deeper ways and and i know there are because we're exploring them but deeper ways to create this you know hierogamy as jamie wheel said where you're actually in a partnership and actually creating new forms of novelty and new different levels because i think i think that that sense of monotony and that sense of this is just all fizzled out like i think that's the that's the beast that i think a lot of people face in relationship and then the solution being all right maybe we'll go poly and then just use novelty and continually spin novelty it's effective but it's a very difficult path and it also just keeps you stuck in a loop using like the most crude instrument 
to get you to where you want to go, which is presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I I love that. I think it's super relevant. And I see kind of two big challenges for especially long-term couples. The first is like when sex is, as we've kind of articulated, almost this like two-dimensional, like you got to come, I got to come, hopefully around the same time, hopefully quick enough, hopefully like, you know, in exactly the right order of the way things are supposed to happen. It's like, how many times are you going to do that before you're like, this is boring as shit? Yeah. <laughs> like like it, watching Forrest Gump for like every single day for forever. Totally. <laughs> and a lot of that comes from this like, yeah, like sex is like A plus B equals pleasure then equals coming at the same time, right? It's like, it's so reductionist. And so when you open into tantric sexuality, sacred sexuality, and it becomes so much more of what we've been discussing, right? You can access higher states of consciousness, right? It's like taking plant medicine, but yeah. it's in your like sexual activity. That's endlessly fascinating. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. it's so engaging, right? What's that? What I can never remember how the hyperfrontal, what is it called? Transient hyperfrontal. Yeah, it's that is real. I think you should explain that because that's an exciting. <laughs> well, Layla can Layla can probably yeah. explain it, but there's been clinical studies that um, when you're in a dominant submissive role, the dominant mm. gets in a classic flow state. So, mm. like Jack Mihai's classic flow state yeah. of like really like locked into presence, alpha frequencies in your brain waves, and all of the neurochemical cocktails. Yeah. For the submissive, they actually enter a slightly different state called transient hypofrontality. So Mm. temporarily, you're getting less blood and less focus on the prefrontal cortex, which is the part that's that's thinking, the part that tracks time. So you enter this state of deep timelessness where you're just in like, where am I? What time is it? What is going like? whoa I'm on another planet. And it's shutting off like what you were saying earlier. It's shutting off all those elements of needing to control or fantasize or like you're so present in the moment yeah and then it literally feels like being high afterwards like it's kind of like well i'm not going anywhere because i feel very high and very relaxed and very present yes and like we could do that forever yeah like i'm (laughs) like you know like we like (laughs) of course i could do that like like every day and never get tired of it right and so what's happening is this it's literally compression in your sexual experience, but it's compression in your nervous system, right? Because we actually, with the way we're conditioned in sex, we're pushing ourselves into the prefrontal cortex away from that state by being like, do I look perfect enough? Am I gonna come fast enough? Do Mm -hmm. I smell okay? Am I performing? Like all of this conditioning is shoving us straight into the judging, critical, discerning part of our minds, which is the opposite of presence or that deep state of beingness, right? Like the like the reduction, uh, the, the hypo, I don't know the word. Transient hypofrontality. Transient hypofrontality. <laughs> That's what I've basically been training people to do for a long time. So I don't need another <laughs> word for it. Yay! Yeah. I can never remember it, but it's awesome. I'm like, I'm doing Maybe that. Maybe because I'm every time you're again, there. What is it called? That thing again, it's so good. Because <laughs> every time you're there, you don't have access to words. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, Which is what you're oh. craving, right? Yeah. So so it's like, wow, <laughs> those kinds of experiences, like if we're cultivating that 
as a couple, well, that's something you can engage in with a lifetime, like over a lifetime, just like meditation, just like yoga. And yeah, your practice ebbs and flows. Like you'll still go through cycles as a couple of like how much desire you have, how much sex you're having, but you can stay engaged because you're essentially doing something that can engage you for a lifetime. Anything that's simple and formulaic, everybody gets bored of. The other way that we're like really compressing sex into two-dimensional reality is by making it only about climax, right? Or only about this kind of like egoic satisfaction of like, okay, are we are we having enough sex to stay together, right? Mm. Like a kind of fear-based experience. And again, I love how you always bring in so much of the compassion and understanding, like, like how we've done all of this, all of us. Like, so there's no shame in it. It's just really understanding what it can do to our relationships. And in that compressing, we forget sexual healing. We forget like the rich dimension of emotionality. We forget that when we get out of prefrontal cortical control, we wake up archetypal reality, right? So that's when there's like all these states of play with like the force of fire, the force of dominance, the force of submission, the force of goddess consciousness, right? And so playing in those realms is also it, like, it's so fascinating. Mm. And so you can see how like, of course, couples are bored with sex, right? So that's one thing. And the other thing is that I really do feel that intimate long-term partnership is designed to take you home to yourself, which means that things are going to come up. And if you don't see your partnership as a healing container in which to resolve and address that which keeps you from your truth, your spiritual awakening, coming home to yourself and is specifically designed to show you your blocks to intimacy, your childhood issues, things like that, what will happen is you'll subtly, because so many of us are carrying this idea, like relationships should be just happily ever after, magical all the time, happy all the time. So if you're not looking at your relationship as a container that's designed to wake you up and take you home and willing to see those arising pieces that are there to teach you, the most natural thing to do is be like, I'm not supposed to be feeling miserable right now or my intimacy blocks or depressed or whatever it is that's coming up, shut down, shut down, shut down. And what happens is we numb out to our partner mm -hmm. because we don't actually understand the, the natural alchemy of two people is to bring each other home. And if we're not understanding that and instead we're carrying the mentality of this should just feel good all the time, I should just feel in love all the time. Like love looks like everything, right? Not just like a warm, fuzzy feeling in every moment. And so when we're doing that to our partnerships, the only thing to do is to numb out to the healing experience that wants to happen between us. Or you could think of it as an awakening experience because it's not just taking you to the pain. It's also trying to take you to ecstasy or trying to take you home to yourself. And so in partnership, when there's that awareness, the partnership has the capacity to keep going and getting deeper and deeper and deeper and more generative. There's a problem with our stories too. You know, I mean, everybody has the story that ends with, you know, challenge, 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 obstacle, obstacle, obstacle and then union yeah you know like desire plus obstacle equals passion i forget who said that yeah right? but it's like oh there's this obstacle romeo and juliet obstacle one's a montague one's a capulet yeah. there's she's in this tower and you have to fight the things and get the tower he, mm. he's what a obstacle and there's all this passion then they get together and then all the bells ring and all the you know medieval confetti comes down or whatever rice it is or yeah. whatever it is and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like all good but then what happens after happily ever after right like ends. that story is the movie ends and the story ends yeah there like oh, like, oh they should have 14 <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah so so you in this idea that you make it and once you make it it's supposed to be all good and nobody yeah. ever tells the rest of the story but no. that's just the beginning like congratulations you made it yeah great yeah you know but then all right what is the consciousness that needs to come in what is the story and then what are the tools what right. are the things that we actually do and this is the part that i've really had the hardest time with a lot of the conventional kind of relationship talking voices out there they'll like say things like put on a wig and you know pretend that you're the janitor and she and like how long is that gonna work <laughs> totally you know oh you're staying late at the school at the schoolhouse i was just gonna come clean the desks you know like yeah. sure have fun do a role play but is that gonna it works really approximately once <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and then you're like i'm bored with the janitor <laughs> yeah. and then, you know like <laughs> yeah it's not it doesn't have the substance it's yeah. hollow it's like totally. doing you know some kind of empty ceremony in church where you're like i do the thing and we do the thing and we say the thing but we don't feel anything and it's yeah. not a bridge to god yeah. it's just doing the damn thing and mixing it up sure i don't mind a wig and I, a role playing can be fun and this whole thing is great but it doesn't have the power yeah it doesn't have the power to create the desired result yeah. that you're looking for and then you start what i appreciate about someone like yourself or someone like jamie wheel who just wrote recapture the rapture he's like all right here's some tools you yeah. know and these are these are going a little deeper and these are yeah. some things that are a little bit more interesting that actually have the power to create this type of hierarchy to try to create this union where there is no boredom and you don't need you know the novelty is created internally within the construct of your relationship through the practices that you have yes rather than just continually reaching for the next shiny object yeah well and in a way it's like learning to meditate right because if you sit by yourself and you don't meditate or you're brand new to it it's boring as shit and you're constantly looking for novelty and you just, you don't want to sit there, right? So there's this form of like, when you learn to be with yourself, it becomes like, right? Like it's indescribable, right? You're not bored anymore. You're there. And there's kind of a similar quality to relationship because we've been given so many stories about what relationships supposed to be, who we are supposed to be. Again, it lacks that quality of being able to sit in relationship in such a way that it becomes endlessly fascinating. And that doesn't mean that it has to last forever, but it means like if that is true, then it could, right? And still be fascinating. And the other thing that I've, so I was exploring really deeply, do you know the pre-trans fallacy like Ken Wilber's work. Mm -mm. Okay. So th this is the this is the thing that I came to, right? We have the happily ever after story in mm -hmm. relationships, right? We're just like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you found the prince. Congratulations. Go make <laughs> babies and you're going to be happy forever, right? But then we also have the like marriage is awful and everyone or you hates have to each compromise other. or yeah. and you have to work super hard all the time, right? And so like as I was kind of navigating my own long-term relationship and I was like, but but surely, surely there's something other than this, right? That it's like, oh, happily ever after isn't true, but then you just have to slog it through, right? And like do the hard work the rest of your life. And yeah, be in the meditation retreat where you're just like, you know, making it work kind of thing. And so 
what I was looking at is I was like, there, there's, there's something else that I don't feel our culture has articulated. And a lot of kind of relationship guidance is actually, in my experience, more at the point of marriage is hell. And mm. so like, you got to learn good communication. You got to buy the wigs. You got to like do the work. And I'm glad someone's at least saying that to people. But that's like the teaching point is coming with that assumption. Yeah. Like, like, and you do have to do the work, right? And like, as a Jew, like in, in a fully juvenile state, like people are like, oh, I'm going to get into a relationship. It's going to be amazing. It's like, no, you're going to either have done so much work on your own and bring that to the relationship, or you're going to do work together and probably some mix of both, right? And not that your relationship is supposed to be some sort of like therapy session constantly, but we know that like to really be in it, you have to show up for the process. But the thing that I was looking at is like, we kind of lost the like, like what is that soulful mystical communion that like you two experienced? We don't even have a real articulation for that in our culture. We don't even have a language for it to describe it. So the thing, and and then there's also this huge suspicion of like the honeymoon period, right? You're like, oh, you get this like amazing cocktail of hormones and then you're going to hate each other in right. like eight months, you it know? It keeps getting better and better. <laughs> and with the couples I know that like have this like magical soul communion, it does get better, but nobody really talks about that. So mm. I was like, what the hell is that? Like what, like why, like what, what's going on? So the thing that I sort of was, was exploring in myself is, so Ken Wilber has this theory. He taught it about spirituality. It's kind of controversial, but it's called the pre-trans fallacy. We're basically like early stage spirituality, which is like magical thinking and like I'll buy a couple of crystals and then I'll become a millionaire and like all of that can look a certain, it's like energy is real, but it's sort of like, um, it looks, it, it can look very magical, right? But there's a certain consciousness that's not there in it. So then you do the work, you do the meditation, you do all the retreats, you really like get into it, right? And then let's say in the pre-state, you're pretty like freewheeling and expressed because everything's magical, right? And then you get really serious in that like middle state and you're doing all the work and you're doing the integration. And then you wake up and you're like, holy shit, the universe is full of magic. And like, maybe this crystal, like, you know, like you're not like, you're not in magical thinking anymore, but you're connected to the beauty of the universe. Mm -hmm. and you're pretty freewheeling. So it's this idea that like a pre-state can look very similar to a trans state on the outside, but the consciousness of the person is different. It can be mm -hmm. similar to like emotion, like the emotions of a child, right? Just like expressing all over. And then you have to learn to integrate your emotions, be in harmony with them, give them a safe space. And then you can actually become a very emotionally expressed person. So mm -hmm. like I can look like a child sometimes in my anger, in my bliss, in my like joy for life, but the integration is there. So I'm not like lashing out at someone for stealing my toy, but I can healthily express my anger. So the pre-state looks like the trans, but the consciousness makes the difference. So the thing that I was looking at is like, what if the honeymoon state isn't all bullshit? Like what if the seed is there in that recognition, in that cosmic seeing of each other? And my love coach, Annie Lala, who I have so much respect for, she's basically um, <clears throat> like she, oh, sorry, I totally just like lost the, the thing of what she was saying about that. Okay. Well, anyways, I will just like, I will um, carry on with that thought. So basically when you first find each other in that state, that seed is there. Mm -hmm. Like the, the possibility is there for the blossoming of the truest love. And it can be illusory, right? Like some people feel that experience and you're like, oh, that was a toxic narcissist. Like, never mind, right? But sometimes that state is pointing to something so real. Mm. However, my belief is because in our culture, we have lacked 
the level of work that's required to sustain it mm. and to actually realize it into its fullest form. Mm. So like, I feel like you two found your way there by doing a tremendous amount of personal work ahead of time, right? And like really getting to that ability where you could take that sacred falling in love state and actually allow it through the power of your integration and work to realize into its highest possibility, mm -hmm. right? And so the trans state of being deeply in love, you know, two years, five years, 10 years on can look similar to the pre-state of falling in love. Mm -hmm. But the pre-state is before you've like done the work integrated. And so sometimes it falls apart, sometimes it doesn't. You have to have that middle state to be able to sustain it. So I just love that because then there's like this, I've just seen how much there's this dismissal like almost like true love doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like oh, it's just the honeymoon phase. Yeah. Like, like who are you to speak on anything? You've been together for this long. Uh, yeah. Totally, <laughs> that's like, a... like that thing is real. Yeah. But what do we have to do, and who do we have to become to have the blessing of realizing that in the everyday? Yeah. It seems like the what we're talking about is it's the crude instrument of novelty will create the presence that we're actually seeking but eventually the crude instrument fails yes like that which got you to the place will not get you to where you're going and then you have to start employing some more subtle tools and some more some different practices to yeah. be able to maintain that state of presence and that state of rapture and you just but that toolkit isn't taught so everybody just looks at the aggregate and you can look at the limerence phase and you have words for it and you can look at you know dr wednesday martin's work and watch how you know sexual interest declines and then in the aggregate for women it falls off a cliff and for men it's a steady decline and then you get the old timers at the wedding saying you know marriage is about compromise and it's about commitment and it's about all this shit and they're like their heart's not in it but it's like all right this is like how do you make a business partnership work not about how do you sustain that vibrant vivacious you know honeysuckle of joy with your yeah. partner but yeah. because the tools just aren't we're not aware of them we don't know it's possible we haven't told the story that it's possible and people haven't seen that it's possible and people don't know the way and they don't know the story and so that's what i think we're all trying to rewrite here yes. it's like all right yeah the novelty thing will will fade like yeah. that that won't work but if you layer in a bunch of other stuff, you can get back to the similar state, but it's gonna be even better because it's gonna be deeper and it's gonna contain that deep commitment and love that you have for each other and how well you know each other and get you to even higher states because you've surrendered more, you've opened more, you've found out more of your totality of your essence and you're bringing all that to the table rather than the fraction of you that you are bringing to the table and using novelty to get you to this you know, yeah, transcendent totally. state. Because the trans state includes tears and sex, you know? But if you don't know that, then you sort of stop yourself mm. ahead of time. And like, we're all here reporting from the front lines, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was totally. like out in the dark by myself, like lost at the edges of the universe. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And like, <laughs> why can no one tell me? <laughs> Trying to, to figure out what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, so one of the things that is an instrument that I think is not for everybody and nothing is for everybody we're not being prescriptive i think the idea here is like here's tools let's like, be honest breathing in your pussy not for everybody <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's tools comes and, with a warning sign <laughs> <laughs> i think one of the tools that has captured it's captured the imagination very clearly look at 50 shades of gray yeah. like power exchange dynamics have captured the imagination of people and 
it works. You can look at all of the statistics to show that it's that it's one of the reliable ways. If you're willing, you know, mm-hmm. it's not for everybody, but there's so it goes so deep if mm-hmm. you're willing to go there. And you know, it, and it's also there's also challenges and there's also pitfalls. But you have to really embrace this with this totality of like all right we're on a journey together and just like if you go into an ayahuasca ceremony together you can't say all right we're only going for this outcome yeah you know maybe at a certain point there's going to be something that comes up and at that point you better stop the sex and be in this loving embrace and like heal whatever is coming you have to be ready for everything that might come up and Mm -hmm. just take this as like all right we're going into ceremony together i'm going to explore dominance you're going to explore submission it could be either one of us doesn't have to be male or female that's doing this but we're going to go here and see what's on the other side of it yeah and sometimes it's going to yield this transient hypofrontality bliss state where you're both like whoa where did we go that was amazing holy shit wow and sometimes it's going to be stopping intercourse and just holding each other and then crying and feeling something but i think that's also what needs to be told you know yeah. it's not all just excitements and floggers and yeah, you know or like my rope's too tight yeah, yeah like. exactly like there's <laughs> yeah there's a, and there's the and there's the art of it and there's yeah. the art and the subtlety of it and and watching what's what's coming up and watching yourself watching your partner as well as completely surrendering and letting go it's this this balance of like really really learning and exploring but to know that it's a it's kind of a a a portal that goes deep 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 deep. and how deep do you want to explore and how many offshoots do you want to take but that becomes exciting because then you're on an adventure together totally you know and in that place it's like ah sweet like let's go on this adventure i do think there's also some level of you know advisory i would i would say um, you know, potentially beginning with some of the practices that you've talked about, because if somebody is really disconnected, that's where things can get a little, little squirrely. Like, mm-hmm. I think the reason we've been able to go so deep with each other is because he's so in tune with me. Mm-hmm. It's like any micro thing that might happen, he can feel if I'm, you know, fully with it and we push the table, or if I'm starting to retract a little bit because something, you know, like we've we've had a variety of experiences where I've had repressed memories of being sexually violated and, you know, like that just like certain things have triggered yeah. things that have, that have risen and, and then he was able to just love me and hold space mm-hmm. for me. And then there's also been the expression of just absolute full surrender to just like the most wild, crazy, like we're going on this fucking roller coaster, let's go. <laughs> like it's it's been all of it, but... I think for the for the masculine, and I can only speak to my own experience because I'm a woman, feeling like really safe and like the person feels you, like is really in tune with you is so important. Mm. Just wanted to name that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And this whole this whole portal is just one portal, right? Yeah. There's like many other portals. So what I would throw the question back to you, feel free to comment on that particular portal, but also talk about some other portals that have this type of depth Mm. that that can be explored Mm. you know because that's this is just one one type of portal but i see as you look out into your sexual union it's like portals everywhere you know it's like whoa and you've gone meta portals and meta portals (laughs) all the way into the meta portal like (laughs) fractal portals all the way down (laughs) yeah 
I love, I just had saw like a giant universal vagina with like fractal portals <laughs> all the way down. Police, some sort of like visionary artist make that piece of art. So good. Android Jones looking at you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would love, I would love just to like name one thing just in this realm, just from like sure. our personal experience yeah. of my own level of healing in this space. Um, I actually, prior to being in this relationship, never felt comfortable with physical pain. Like I was mm. actually like incredibly sensitive to mm. physical pain. And when, you know, we kind of began on this journey together, there was this moment where I could feel how the, the physical discomfort, you know, from a flogger felt, um, felt like punishment because mm. of that association from mm. my childhood. Mm. And, you know, like I get spanked, I'm, you know, like I'm getting punished. And I craved from him feeling like loved after that moment and he was in tune with me and, and you know, showed up that way. And I could feel this moment where the physical pain switched in my psyche to actually excitement mm. and turn on. Like it was like this very subtle thing that mm. happened where it was like one moment I felt like a little bit like intense, like this is this this is feeling like punishment to oh my God, this is exciting. Mm. And I'm, so, you know, like, so mm. it actually felt like it was healing stuff in my in my psyche mm. in that experience. So there's like, there's so many, yeah, love, would love to for you to expand. But for me, there's been so many different levels of healing for getting to journey into these things that I have repressed and have, you know, the masculine really be able to love me and support me and hold space for that. And also just like rewiring, like you've been talking about what's going on in your nervous system and in your, in your brain, like just like rewiring patterns for a different kind of sexual expression. Totally. Yeah. So I think the kink space, the BDSM space, like one of the reasons I feel like it's so powerful is because it's so intentional about holding a space and entering into a particular state while also finding edges. And so that is a portal, right? And so I actually train couples in kink training, whether they identify with that or want to explore that or not, because the concept of having a shared intention and then working towards it together through the embodied presence of a partner and the willing surrender of another, like that's that's the portal, right? Like we're like whether you're playing with pain or ropes or pleasure, right? And so this idea of or words. Or words, yeah. Like what what is it? How can I hold you in such a way that you become the portal, right? Like there, like your experience itself becomes the portal. And so that's it's like, it sounds really advanced and meta, but it becomes so much more clear in something like the BDSM space where it's deeply studied and there's this whole like tradition. And, and so, yes, I believe it's one of the more profound portals. And part of it to me though, is because people are, are, are giving sexuality the structure mm. that it's always deserved. Mm. You know, like how many of us think like, how deep can I take my partner in this moment yeah. to wherever it is that they want to go? And like, what is your edge? You know, like, yeah. is it an ecstatic edge? Is it a pain edge? Is it a submission edge? Like, what's your edge? And like, how do we interact together such that like, I am taking you to your edges as opposed to like what, it, you know, like all these other ways that we've been discussing. And so some of those portals, since you asked, and I love the question for me are like energy. 
right? Like the more that sex becomes less just physical and more energetic, like when you hear like an eight hour orgasm, like that's all knowing how to use the portal of energy, right? Because energy is infinite. Like my clitoris is limited, energy is infinite. So Mm. if you're like drawn to energy, the way that you can work with it, the way that you can penetrate with it, the way that you can surrender into it, it's a very potent portal consciousness, right? We all know that that's a portal, but the way that you use it in sex, right? Like you can be so in the sensation of your penis that like you are your pen, like what that does and like the, like Mm -hmm. that's its own rabbit hole, right? Like it's so powerful, all these different portals that we can find. I find there's an archetypal portal of basically like in Jungian psychology, right? Like you go deeper and deeper and deeper and then there's like um, universal archetypes that show up And you can do that in sex. So it's like sex becomes this portal to the embodiment of all the unfelt things, which are both spectacular and empowering and ecstatic and blissful and like horrifying, you know? And like, what does it look like to be in the portal of like the demonic embodiment? And so like, it's just, there's so much that you can play with Mm -hmm. in sex and so many different types of portals. (laughs) <laughs> portals on portals. Portals, Tell me on portals. portals on portals. <laughs> I just want to name that I really loved. And you were like, or words. Audrey Marcus. Sex Jesus. <laughs> who can use the word portal. <laughs> I was actually thinking your men's sexuality course should be word. called Sex Jesus. <laughs> Sex Jesus. <laughs> Bailana, like at the beginning, was like, oh, Aubrey, maybe you should teach men, like, because you, you know, you're so amazing at this. And Sex Jesus is clearly the name of your, <laughs> your course. Yeah, your well, online it's offering. It, talking, <laughs> 2022. Talking about words, it's it's really interesting because, you know, it's come up in different sitcoms and things. They're talking about, you know, talking dirty and the challenge of it. You. You use the words and and you but you listen. It's a yeah. conversation, right? Yeah. You're using like, what is this word? What's the what's the feedback from the word? You know, what is the feedback from this concept that we're bringing in yeah. into the container? And like, what is the what is the response? And you start using the right words, and then you start to see a response, and then you take a risk. Yeah. What about this word? What about this idea? And you're like, whoa, that word worked. That idea worked. <laughs> you know, and you're like, or you try this one, you're like too far too far (laughs) that word didn't work you know like noted noted wrong time wrong delivery you know but like it's this there's this like creativity to it and i think that's another aspect that keeps things interesting is is the creativity of it you know it's i think salsa dancing for example can get really boring when you only have the same move it's Mm. like okay here's the step here's the step but you watch a really good dancer Mm. and there's infinite creativity they're just all of these different things that they're exploring even though they're sticking to a basic step and that idea of like being creative is another really beautiful element it's or surfing or whatever it's like how are you going to cut the way what's the move that you're going to make how is the next way that you're going to find in and that creativity of it is also really exciting and interesting and whether Mm -hmm. that's a new ways to use a rope or whether that's a new way to use your words or a new way to use you know common objects around the hotel room that you're staying in you know like god uh, whatever whatever it is crafty he'll use espresso rabbit he'll use it too far into the portal (laughs) (laughs) he'll use like a bathrobe he gets like so creative i'm like wow all right and that and it's that's 
that's part of the that's part of this kind of exploring together yeah and there's this like really interesting aspect of it but you have to be in an agreement where like all right we're here to create and and explore and play and i'm not always gonna be right you know like sometimes making a mistake yeah it sounds so simple but so many of us are so frozen in sexuality because like what if i fuck up yeah like i'm here to perform and like get this like outcome so like what if i do something stupid or my lover doesn't like it or like it totally turns them off so like the courage to say the wrong word is (laughs) huge yeah yeah for sure all right, so we've talked about some of these different, is there anything else that you want to add as like some of the tools that couples can use? You've talked, we've talked about energy, we've talked about power exchange and kink. And is there any other tools that you want to cover before we go to the third level of this, which is after you've you know kind of really worked on self-mastery, worked on mastery within your union, and then other things that you can add to the container. But is there anything you want to add to this level, the middle level of just partnership? So just to simplify it, because there's so much, right? Right. There's so much, like, oh, it's so amazing and endless. Um, But you can take a lot of what we've already discussed and bring it into partnership, right? So like I'll have partners do like a shared body meditation, which makes them feel safe to be in their sensations together. Because Mm. even just like we've talked a lot about safety, there can be such a conditioned sense of like, I'm not safe to just feel what I feel inside. So you can do like body meditations together. You can do breath work together is super powerful. Like even just doing five minutes of breathing into your genitals before you have sex or five minutes of breathing into your heart. It's so simple and it can drastically change the way that you experience lovemaking. Um, Even being conscious of the emotional tone that you bring into lovemaking with each other. Mm. And then also if you're doing your individual practices, like that alone brings so much into the container and then yes there's sex magic like i think it's one of the most potent experiences for a couple to engage in because it completely revolutionizes how you experience your sexual energy and the generative quality of what your sexuality can do together it's a very powerful manifestation practice yeah it's it's so explain that to people a little bit because i think we covered it a bit in our first podcast and i've talked about it with you know on on a few different podcasts but just the the cursory overview because sex magic is a whole other deep portal that we go in but for people who are like what the hell are they talking about such a good portal okay sex magic is built on the premise that your sexual energy is a type of power so you turn yourself on and you take that power and energy your turn on essentially and you spin it through each of the chakras so you go through the seven chakras and you're spinning it through your body and you basically have an intention if you're on your own or a shared intention as a couple and when you get to the crown chakra, you shoot that energy out, which can be a peak experience of pleasure, or it can be an orgasm into the universe. And you visualize your intention in five senses reality. One of the reasons it's so powerful is that most of the time when we're thinking like, oh, I want to manifest something, we're like doing affirmations or we're thinking about it a lot, which again, it's engaging your prefrontal cortex. Mm. It's the most superficial part of your mind. And so if you want a powerful manifestation, you generally want to combine three things. You want a very powerful visualization. So I do whatever it is that you're creating, you do it in five senses reality. So your whole system is engaged in the visualization of the manifestation that you're creating. And it's very sensory at the same time. You also want the deepest parts of your nervous system and your mind in alignment with the manifestation because the unconscious, the primal mind, whatever you want to call it, like that's the one with the real power to be looking at your environment and picking up cues of where you can actually be creating and having opportunities 
as well, you can want something, but if you're terrified of it and your nervous system doesn't think you'll survive it, you're never going to get it. So what's so cool is in the tantric tradition, one of the reasons that you activate the seven chakras is to bring your entire nervous system and body online. So in the sex magic practice, you're actually bringing your whole unconscious into the practice. So it's essentially listening because you're bringing your body with you and your whole energy system with you before you do the manifestation. And the last thing that you need is a high energy state. So being in a high state of pleasure, you've just done all this energy work and now you're having an orgasm. It's basically like manifestation on steroids Mm. yes all right so we're going to close down this middle middle world we're going to go take a bathroom break and then we're going to talk about expanding for the the adventurous for the truly adventurous and we're back and we're back so the third chapter of this podcast is about all right so you've done the work individually you've done the work in your union you've explored some things and you're like all right now let's see what's available if we open the container to include other people Mm -hmm. and there's many ways that you can explore that but i guess the way to start is when is the when is the reason when is the time what are some of the good reasons to explore this like what is the why first of all because i think there's we started with the the challenges we're trying to overcome personally and in relationship and i think there are some deep challenges but and maybe there's challenges that opening it opening a container to include other people can help you overcome and i suppose i suppose we could start we could start with that because some are coming to mind and some of these include jealousy issues you know i mean this is an amazing way to like really have to sit with your jealousy your possessiveness your fear that somebody is going to be better than you Mm. in some way your Mm. fear that you're going to lose love and you know this is something that gets ingrained Mm. in all of us in certain levels and i think this is something that you know if you wanted to share that you've really had to kind of think about and realize how deeply this has impacted your life because of your own history and partnership yeah, it, it's definitely a really, really deep one for me of feeling, and, and I'm still, I'm still getting there, of just knowing that it's safe to trust in love. Mm-hmm. So recently, I've been having, you know, we've been having these like very beautiful, open conversations around deepening our sexuality and you know all these other elements and. Um, my programming has always been that, you know, at some point, it doesn't matter if it's great or not great, like at some point, there comes a time where there's another person mm-hmm. and that person is a level of threat to me. Mm-hmm. And my own protective mechanisms over myself is to be better, you know, wanting to be the one that's chosen, all this stuff. So what's happening, what's been happening for me recently is I've been experiencing this trigger that will happen that is my body's knowing over the tiniest little things like things that I actually consciously don't even feel triggered by at all Mm. but my body is having this energetic adrenaline response to something and I'm having two fully two full experiences in different ways so on the one level I'm feeling my body's memory that's like alarm 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 you know what this Mm. looks like Mm. watch out Mm you're about to get obliterated again. Here's this thing. And then there's my knowing in my heart that's like, that. it's so not that mm-hmm. at all. 
Mm-hmm. I see this programming. I see this this patterning, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm 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 having the, both of these experiences, and I could feel, you know, there's my desire for myself and in this partnership is to be feel fully free. Mm-hmm. You know, I I had been former my former partnership. We had danced in the realm of polyamory and all being intimate with each other. So I I can feel this this part of my body that feels afraid of sensuality with women because that equaled a lot of pain for me. If I open mm. myself to being sensual or, mm. you know, as I was, um, this is sharing a lot, but sexual with a woman, that equals a lot of pain for me down the road. Mm. So like, don't do that, you know? Mm. So I have, all, I have all of these things that are happening and I'm, I'm is this is where you wanted me to go? <laughs> um, but I could feel in this container of love and potential exploration, which we've only just been, you know, talking about it, what what I desire for myself is the liberation of that fear, mm. is the the reclamation and the establishment that I don't, I no longer have to live by that story. Yeah, you know, and and we've been, you know, deepening our love, and and this container has been the most safe thing that I've ever experienced, and still. That little, you know, that little voice that's like, watch out. I've I've noticed more recently is 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 kind of like pinpointing little tiny things, mm. um, which really wonderfully I think because this container is so safe, I'm so able to track it. It's not mm. like it 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 consumes me and I'm like, what the hell's happening? I'm just like, wow, my body is feeling this crazy turmoil, and my knowing is like, that's not what's what's happening. But yeah. it, I I can feel that I'm in this space of bridging those two places and learning how to, for, for my nervous system to just feel fully safe mm-hmm. and liberated from the story that I've literally lived in my entire life of being in relationship to the masculine. So I don't know where you wanted to go with that, but that's what's been really present for me. Like I know as ayahuasca showed me, going into the fear is the way that I liberate myself, mm. you know, and and that means feeling the truth of what our relationship is and just the deep knowing that I'm so safe Mm. for it, you know, in that exploration. But Mm. so that's the, and I think, so there's the, there's a great liberation in that, but liberation is only one reason I think to do it. And then I think on the other side, we were able to feel it because we both understand that and we understand how important it is to be free. Mm. And this is part of our own personal work. Oh, we're contracted around this thing. All right, well, let's do the work to become free because that's what we really want to be. That's our divine expression is radical freedom. Totally. But to really understand that on the other side of that freedom is the opening and the possibility for just increased ecstasy. Mm. You know, and I think in a in a recent mdma assisted little ceremony that we had together before she went off to hawaii um you know really she vilana started tapping into the ecstasy that was possible Mm. on the other side of that you Mm. know with connection with a woman or Mm. and in these different expanded containers knowing that our bond is infallible right like it's it's nothing is going to interfere with that so it's a deep trust and deep safety and and being free of all the fear and all of those but then also realizing that oh and on the other side of this fear and on the other side of this contraction is is absolute bliss yeah is another divine being offering their divine codes into this thing and creating even 
more of a cosmic portal that's possible totally. so it's i guess the i guess the the problem that we've been it's it's kind of uh it's kind of both things one is the problem of being contracted mm. and this is a way to solve it but also the gift of what can come on the other side of it and mm. i suppose that's a place that also many people might be finding they might be constricted by this thing and there may be nothing going on but it's that one look that someone gave or this person who's a friend or this you know a conversation with an ex or whatever and it's creating this massive contraction which is then influencing their ability to be in union together mm. so this is a way to just push you know with love like stretch the limits and then see if there's some real ecstasy on mm. the other side that's available mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, we just went deep. <laughs> okay, world, you know exactly where we're at. <laughs> well, that is kind of our way, right? I mean, uh, there you go. Our, our I'll people. follow you down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you, mom. I know you'll be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I. so I think you bring up an interesting point about opening things up, right? Like I do think that some people open things up because they're not fully satisfied, because there are things they don't want to look at, because of the desire for novelty. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like True. if that's the highest bliss available to them in that moment, who cares? Like every like people are hiding in monogamy too. So like who cares if people hide in polyamory? Mm -hmm. Like that's up to them to decide how they want to live and like what's going to work for them. And I have seen in it, and it was part of my own experience and growth with Andrew, that like in a level of trust and, and depth of bond and like depth of knowing that there is this way that the openness feeds and fuels your connection. Mm. You know, like your connection is the sacred center point and like those other touch points end up fueling, healing, rocketing to ecstasy. And like when Andrew, so Andrew was behind, we were always like, it's funny, I always used to say monogamish and I thought that just meant like, hey, yeah, we can like make out with people sometimes or like play with mm. energy. And then I was like, oh shit, no, the actual Dan Savage version is like, we can fuck other people. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I was telling the whole world I was way more open than I was. And it was like early years without even realizing it. And um, and so when Andrew was like, you know, I want to experience like um, orgies and threesomes and stuff like that, like I, I was super triggered and I was just like, go do it on your own, you know? So like, I was like, oh, go fly to some New York situation. Like far be it for me to deny you an orgy before you die. But like, I don't want to be a part of it. And... Then when I, you know, we went really, really deep and 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 found a new level of connection in our partnership, I was like, what are you doing, Leela? Like, you're going to be on your deathbed one day. Like, did you want to get in the center of the front door? Do you or not? For you. Not the story of like what he wants, not the story yeah. of what the world wants. What do you want more yeah. than anything else? And I was like, I'm going to roll up my sleeves <laughs> and jump the fuck in. <laughs> Like, yeah. I was like, for me. Yeah. And so I like wholeheartedly um, started to embrace that experience. And it was interesting because I had identified as bisexual in college. Like I dated a few women and then I was like, ah, maybe I'm more straight than I thought. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of like put it to rest. And um, then I think like really truly uh, because I didn't know what to do with a pussy and I like 
became Layla Martin in the world, I was like, I can't, like, what, like if I don't know what to do with the pussy, like, what? You know? And I was like, <laughs> Layla, just speak it. And like, <laughs> like, just get over it. This is very simple. So me and Andrew did like a play experience and there was this gorgeous tantrika and she was so amazing. And I like, I like not only made love with her, but like fell madly in love with her. And I was like, oh, this, this is like part of my sexuality and it's not for a man and it's not for anybody else. It's something so sacred and eternal and true in me. And like, I take this back. And like, that was so healing for me and so powerful. And so there was something as I continued to explore there is a connection that I have with women that is unlike what I can do with a man. It's just, it's a, you know, and I can speak to this because I've experienced it a couple times. It's, it's a beautiful thing to be tuned in with a woman in like a very sensual or sexual way where like, like I understand so much why men love, you know, making love or fucking or having sex with women like it's yeah. a it's a beautiful thing and yeah. there's and there's something you know I, I don't personally just look at a woman and be like oh, i want to bang her like i don't feel that at all but like yeah. there's this beautiful there's something to it that's just so different yeah. that i have so much reverence and appreciation for and i think yeah. there's some level of my own you know desire for exploration with that which is purely for because it's for me totally and it's been so co-opted it's like yeah. oh like you make out with your girlfriends in college like in the bar so the guys can watch or whatever or like yeah. it's like the it's always for the masculine exactly. or like you know it's it's what they want, so I'm going to do it. Which is that's how it started for me, but ended up being you know beautiful in its own way. But there's yeah, yeah, and it's funny how everything can get so flipped on its head, right? Because it's like I feel like as women we've been conditioned to be jealous, to see each other as competitors, to compete, yeah, and also like in that reality before where it's like my husband is my only ticket to survival on this planet. Like for sure, every other woman is my enemy. Like mm-hmm. for sure, that's competition, you know, and and who knows about what's in there and like the chimpanzee brains of us as well. Like who knows what's like conditioning, what's primal. Like you know, we can't even really tell. And one of the things that I've really found in this like energetic, like devotional, sexy, like ecstatic reverence with women is I'm just like, wow like how different the planet would be if we let ourselves have that. And I truly believe that it can go all the way to like full sex, but there's also just like an energetic sensuality that's so easy with women that I feel is like so much more of the natural state. Yeah. That we're so like we're so up to, we're from. so yeah. uptight because we're in competition yeah. like so and yeah. that was my you know that was the the space I was in in my last partnership we were in a kind of like three three way situation and um it, it was it was like that's where I think that that programming comes for me is it's like I've experienced this yeah. really beautiful thing and also it's not safe because we were in competition so there's like there's so many layers. Totally. Of, of unwinding <laughs> for me and my psyche and programming but but there but there is this um I would love to just feel so relaxed in yeah. my fullest expression of sex because I am like I'm sensual and and sexual by name I mean we all are yeah but I, just like I I feel that in myself and I'd love to I'd love to liberate that expression so that I feel like I'm being my truest sense of myself. Yeah. Well, I just see too, like the thing when I'm talking to you is you're such like a luminous sexual being. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't feel that there's anything 
wrong in you. I just feel like you're so open <laughs> to being all of it that like, yeah, you bump up in the places where you're not yet letting yourself be all of that which you desire, yeah. but that underlying thing is actually the desire to be all of it. Mm. So like when you're talking to me, I kind of don't see you as someone with like problems or issues. I see you as someone who's like this like expansive, like supernova into this world of being that's like so inspiring to feel and to recognize. And I remember just like me on my sexual journey because I'm, you know, like sexual abuse and Catholic and like good girl and like all of the things. And I was just like, this is part of it. Like, it's just like, 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 like my expansion shows me all of those pieces. So yeah. it's just like, as you're articulating these things, I just have this reverence for you, you to be so expanded that you're in such a discovery process of all yeah. of this. Like, it's so brave. And just like you were saying, the more of us that are doing it on the planet, the more it just like activates the potential for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I feel so safe. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it's 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 incredible and and such a blessing to be so safe like truly, truly safe. I, um, the level of healing that I've had just through love, you yeah. know, rather than suffering, has been immense. <laughs> I think uh, you know, for me in this in this journey, you know, I've I've had threesomes and different things, but it was always at the start. It was always just me and other women. Yeah. And I was, I had this idea, this construct that there's the alpha lion and then there's, you know, he fights all rivals to the death, the alpha bull, you know, and nobody like, it was this idea that I got from other men and from a misrepresentation of nature itself. And yeah. so it was actually at a point where I didn't even want my, you know, first partner, Caitlin, to even show her nipples. She could do anything she wanted, dance however she wanted, but like nipples stay stay like nipples is where the line is crossed right oh, you know but meanwhile i mean the hypocrisy <laughs> of that was was yeah. was intense right but there was this construct that i had and so then i read chris ryan's you know work and i was like fuck i had it all wrong and this mm. is a, the wrong idea and if it needs to be absolutely egalitarian like we mm. both must be able to explore what we want to explore and then entered into the polyamory journey with whitney and we explored all that deeply challenging deeply liberating but there was a, a beauty of you know and occasionally in different situations there would be another man present but there was always another man not present it was actually easier mm. when the other man was present because mm. the imagination was far worse mm. than what the actuality was like mm. i always i got i always came back to this saying it's it's worse than you hope but not as bad as you fear mm. you know like what's happening you know like totally. maybe you hope it's like just like very soft you know gentle love making that happens quickly well it's probably not that but it's you're probably afraid that it's this massive porno shoot of like the most insane thing that you've ever seen ever you know and like that's what you're afraid of but reality is just reality yeah. you know it's just two people engaging in however they're engaging and so there was a real liberation from my natural competitiveness, you know, even though some of that was there, but being able to work through that, even though it wasn't frequent every once in a while, like working through that was really helpful for me to get beyond that. So as then we approach this, it's like, all right, I feel like I've experienced it. I've gotten past a lot of the jealousy and things. And it's not like I'm over it. It's not like, oh yeah, I'm all good. You yeah. know? And I definitely don't have that impulse in me that gets excited. And I mm -hmm. never did about the thought of somebody 
making love to my partner mm. or fucking them it mm. was like that never like triggered that button that a lot of people have where it's like oh that's hot yeah. I, never, I didn't have that thing i wish <laughs> i did that would have made it easier but it was it was a deep acceptance of that thing yeah and uh and i think you know so there's less about a a contraction that i'm trying to to kind of overcome and more about all right like what is what is possible if we do this in a truly conscious way because yeah always before it was i don't think anything's ever happened before 2 a.m yeah you know what i mean it was always like after like plenty of drinks <laughs> yeah. and, you know maybe some other substances and whatever else it was just like all right we're doing this we yeah you know like here we go and but like to really consciously curate yeah. an experience of like all right there's intentionality behind this and i think there's this idea that it's just gonna like magically happen all of a sudden we're all gonna be hanging out and we're gonna be sober hanging out and then all of a sudden we're all just gonna like start hooking up and that it's just not reality yeah. right to like do this the right way yeah it feels like there's an intentionality that needs to come i mean it's not that there's a wrong way and i don't regret anything that i've experienced it was the way that i learned and it was the way i experienced you and, did it well and it was it was a beautiful it was a beautiful time but well. i think what's interesting to me is like real intentionality behind it like yeah all right let's talk about it and let's go into this experience with an idea of what you know what we're looking to explore and what yeah. we're looking to get and but the question is really how to start approaching this rather than let's all drink let's all dance let's all and then at the end of the night if there's something happening then we'll you know yeah just go for it and that's 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 cool that's yeah. all good but what's interesting is being more intentional but yeah. not in the way that's feels predatory or like a way that feels awkward yeah. but a way that's like all right how do you enter into this with a more with more intention is i guess the question because that's not something i've ever really been a part of yeah so i i definitely have two experiences to share that i, I think are really re relevant to this the first is like my first experience of doing any of this communally was actually women in um, who had studied my practices and were my friends. Like they'd started as my friends, but they did my programs and they were like, we want to do the practices together. And like my Catholicism means that like, if you give me in a ritual space, like I'm limitless. Like if it's in service of God or enlightenment, <laughs> like you better believe I will be free as anything. When it's in like human reality, I was more like, oh, oh my, you know? And like also lived in Georgia for some formative years, all of that. So I was like, you guys want to do sex magic together? <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> And so I started hosting practices where my friends would do their own energy orgasm practices or they'd do their own pleasure practices and then we'd start doing sex magic together. And I really remember because I was identified like tantric lineage, like I make people work hard, like like spirituality is intense, right? Like I like come from like, the, like some of that like old school lineage as part of me. I never thought of myself as a witch. Like I never thought of myself as like just like a freewheeling like human here to like do what I desire. And after I'd say it was probably like a year of kind of like friends and community, all women at the time like doing these practices, all of a sudden I was like standing in nature 
with like a circle of like nine women all doing sex magic. And we were like free and liberate and everyone was in their divinity. And it was like so incredible. And like all illusions around like sisterhood being around competition, like it just melted. And we were just in like sacred adoration of each other's like orgasm and magnificence and holiness and rawness. And I was like, holy shit, I'm standing in a circle naked doing sexual practices in the middle of the forest. I am definitely a fucking witch. And this is absolutely, <laughs> what they burned witches for in Europe. Like, I just knew it in my bones. I was like, this is the thing they were trying to stop because like, whoa. And I was like, wow. And so it was like, to your question, I did so long doing my own practices, doing practices within a couple. And then there was this explosion of this other energy, right? Which is like one of my favorite things to do, which is like, wow. And then there's this. You know, and like everyone who would come to those practices had done their own level of work, their own level of experience. And it was still like melting shame, melting stories around what it is to like masturbate around other people. Like so much of our most derogatory, like circle jerk, you know, or like fear of orgies, like orgy comes from orgia. It's the Greek word for the mystical rites in sacred celebration of the goddess. You know, we've been Mm. taught to fear like sexuality, any kind of communal situation. And I was just like, like this is so magical, like so sacred and so healing. And so I've done like lots of those. And then my friends were like, we want it to be co-ed. And I was like, oh, my monogamous married friends are going to hate me. But I was like, whatever, I'm in, I'm in surrender. The universe obviously wants this. So we'd started doing co-ed sex magic and I would do like powerful gender healing or like have people like masturbate and like express all the shame and judgment that they'd ever felt from their family while everyone else just like held the space and then go into like this full celebration of them while everyone says, yes, yes, yes. So like, you just imagine like what's possible in community, like how we can like heal each other's sexuality, how we can honor each other like so deeply. And this is just sex magic where like no one's even interacting with each other. So like that alone, just like, wow, we can even be in our own sexual space Mm -hmm. and it can be so radically healing and it's so powerful. And there's just something so I'm like, yeah, I totally wanted to do this before I died. Like, why? Like, what was I even thinking not spending, like, Sundays doing this? <laughs> and then in 2019, because, like, people had always been like, oh, yeah, you should do play parties. I was like, I will not be one of those Tantra teachers. Like, I will never. Like, I am not going to go down that rabbit hole. Like, I am the pure, pristine Tantra teacher who, like, holds incredible, like, healthy boundaries. And, like, I'm mostly in monogamous relationships. You know, I'm so safe. And then um, I did the surrender. I read the surrender experiment and by Michael Singer. And me and Andrew just took this, like, full, like, we're going to surrender to the universe. And so this is really like a process of, it's not what my mind thinks. I'm going to feel what's been called for. Like I'm going to feel into the energy, the alignment. I'm going to do that regardless of what I'm thinking in my head. So I took this vow, right? And like in my mind, I was literally like, the universe is going to want me to like feed the homeless. Like I'm going to have to be more of service in this way. I'm going to have to like, like give up some of my objects. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. And like within the first 48 hours, I was hosting three play parties. I was like, the universe wants me to host play parties. (laughs) What? And I was like, fuck, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) And like without even, I literally got an email of someone being like, thank you, Layla, for volunteering to host such and such play party. And I was like, volunteered all I haven't even who is this person like it was just so clear and I was like why would the universe want this and like 
in New York, and I made YouTube videos about this, like I went to play parties. They were always hosted by men. They always felt like a lot of like, you know, alcohol, cocaine, like, like sex and stuff. And it just, it didn't turn me on. Like I wasn't like, oh, I want to partake in this. And Andrew didn't believe me at the time. I was like, this just isn't my jam. Like this isn't turning me on. He was like, you're in resistance. I was like, nope, not my jam. <laughs> and so I literally was like, okay, what if I took the same mystical sensibility that like causes me to do my work. Like the reason I do my work in the world is because I know that we are made of magic and ecstasy and our sexuality is a portal to God. And I want everyone to know that, right? And I was like, what if I took that same truth and allowed people to play in their sexuality with that? And so like I hosted those and I just did like tantric breathwork, mystical rites, de-shaming processes, and like held the container with like an hour on consent and boundaries, like so like deep into like, what does it look like for people to feel so safe and for them to realize that like ecstasy is sacred? And what does it feel like to come together in divine ecstasy? And what was so amazing is I had been so horrified to like engage in those experiences because I really like, I could only imagine some of the low vibration things I had seen. And then I was like, wait, I am a tantrika. Like God is in the low vibration, the lowest vibration, like take it Layla and like make it conscious, like bring consciousness to it and see what happens. And it was crazy because like after those experiences, like my friends, like in this hedonistic revelry, sacred abandon, they were the purest I have ever seen them. Like so bright, so illuminated, so in themselves. And I was like, wow, we've just been taught that like, this is so like low vibration, so awful, it's so scary, right? And there was a systematic, like there's a whole campaign by the Christian church to turn goddess rites into demonic things that put you in hell forever. So we have all this fear around them. And I was like, wow, when there's intentionality, when people bring love to it, when there's sacredness here, it's so divine. And so like, I felt like the universe was like, well, Layla, here's all your egoic stories about like what is sacred and right and holy. And like, we're going to put you in the center of the thing that you've most resisted and like find, find truth here. Mm. And in doing that, it was so amazing. And I used to just be like, oh, I would never make out with my friends. It's so dramatic, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, wow, there's there's just so much possibility for intimacy that I didn't even, it just broke me open. And I realized that our hearts are as conditioned as our pussies and our penises, who we can love and how and why. And none of it for me and my shadow, like I love like how deep you can go and like, like live all the things. Like my shadow is like, it must be pure and holy, right? Like it doesn't need to be pure and holy, but I'll bring that to whatever I do. Like mm -hmm. that's part of my process. And in experiencing that, I was just like, there's this whole beautiful dimension of sexuality and play that can be expressed. And I was putting what it felt like to be in my 20s on my friend's soul. I was like, this is going to be nothing but a world of drama. It's going to end up in a dumpster fire. We're all going to hate each other in five years. You're going to destroy your communities. And everyone's going to hate you as the sex witch that you are, you know? And like, I was like, ah! And then it was, it was so much beauty because everyone had done their work. And everyone showed up and they brought that sensibility. And it wasn't, there was literally in all, like like pretty much no drama, like so much just like honoring and reverence and like the quality of the experiences. It's just been so much beauty. And so for me in those experiences, it was so 
additive. And one of my friends, I think, described the the like her experience of it as like Burning Man esque, where it's just like, wow, you can live this way. Mm. I didn't know that. Mm. And like, I didn't know that it was possible to have more love, more ecstasy, more freedom, and just more beauty. Because I think the thing that I experienced out of that was like, I didn't do that personally from a space of, I have a hole in me and I need to fill it somehow. And again, I've filled so many holes in my life. I continue to do so. But in that one like experience, I wasn't like, oh, there's something missing. Let me go try and fill it. It was like, I have so much beauty and magic and ecstasy to share. And like, I want you to all know that too. And like, what would happen, right? If we if we shared from that space. And so it just felt like it built and built and built. So like, I love how you picked up on there's this like, you do the individual journey and then you do the couple journey and there is something there. Like whether people want to explore it or not. And like, I still feel scared saying that. And like, you know, my friends, when they first asked me to do these things and I was so just like, no, and I was so sure that I wouldn't be accepted, that like I would scare the shit out of everybody because like I stand in a room and like ecstatic mystical rites want to start happening, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me to do that in community was absolutely terrifying. And Andrew said to me at the time, he was like, Lila, why are you so terrified? Everyone loves you for this. They want this. This is what everyone's hungry for. And I was like, there weren't any high priestesses when I were growing was growing up that didn't get sent to hell mm. or burned at the stake or like abandoned or go crazy or left, you know, alone. Like I grew up where to be that thing as a woman was one of the most dangerous things that you could be to society. And so to hold a space for people to commune in ecstasy and freedom and sexuality, like even in 2021, feels fucking scary. Mm. And like and and wild and there's just like so much beauty in it so much beauty and i really thought the other day i was like wow like it's not it's not my career calling but like someone out there is like like can show people how to do this right like like because we're so hungry for it and i feel like it melts the loneliness that people have and the like the isolate there's something so coming home about it even just the sex magic when you're own, in your own process, you never touch anyone else. But it's like we take this thing that we've been so ingrained to think is like you have to do it so alone and then it becomes communal and there's just something healing about it that's kind of indescribable. That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> let's say, let's get a little pragmatic for people here. Let's say you don't know a high priestess who can hold a play party <laughs> and create this. And, and maybe you, you know what the other thing is, the, the, the cocaine and masks, hedonism yeah. thing, that you're not really into that and you don't want to sign up to sanctum and do these other things. But like you have a, you have a group of conscious people, maybe one, maybe three, whatever, however many, however many there are. What do you think is is the way to without guidance from you know some I mean the priestess without Mainad. guidance yeah without <laughs> guidance from the mainad to say like all right let's let's get in here and let's let's start to explore let's take it take it gradual but like what's the way to kind of get a group together you know without access to someone who really knows what the fuck they're doing to like start to enter into this with you know yeah. With like, some learning. I mean, Aubrey, we're all just walking ourselves home. Like, I don't even, <laughs> I haven't even systematized this thing. I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd be stretching because I'm still just even exploring it myself. I think 
like definitely the safety is so important. Like like consent and boundaries. I think one of the things that's so important is that the women feel so fucking safe. Yeah. Like what did they need to feel safe? What did they want? Like what did they need in that space? And even like having them lead it or just really express what it is that they need to feel and whatever that is honoring it. Right. Because I think that's one of the things that makes like the spaces I've experienced so magical is the women are safe. And like that's so that's unfortunately so rare. I think having very clear boundaries going in ahead of time. So like make out parties are super fun where it's like, yeah, we're not necessarily gonna like all have sex with each other. We're just gonna be in lingerie and like make out with each other, you know? And so like dipping a toe in, like really valuable because then you learn so much. Um, I think having uh, integration afterwards where you all sit around and like talk about your experience, what came up, who got jealous, who had a thing, who had a misunderstanding, like all of that so powerful because I think it's unspoken, unintegrated mm -hmm. things that like can end up sort of ripping people apart. But if you sit down and share them and integrate them, so beautiful. I think really important in the beginning, sober, or only things that are like consciousness enhancing. Like then you can play with substances later if you want, but yeah. I think when you're really stepping into it and you want it to feel ritualistic, like so important. My favorite play experiences have actually been sober, even though I'll like play with all kinds of stuff as well. Like I really enjoy that level of connection. And yeah, I mean, I guess for just, Pulling that out of my ass, I be the pretty, start, starter kid. Your ass is a rich portal of, of, of things that can emerge as gifts to humanity, Layla. Oh my God. Don't don't talk about your ass as if this is not a place. It is a portal of the divine. It's one of the portals amongst portals. That should have been my answer when you're like, what are the sexual, the unexplored sexual portals? My asshole. Number one. Hey, things that come out of there that are magnificent. I think that's I think that's a beautiful guideline and I think people with just that alone gives like enough of like okay I kind of get it yeah. you know I kind of get what it is and I think really I think really letting the women really letting the women lead you totally. know really letting the women lead and and holding that as as the divine masculine of like I'm I'm here in service then it's yeah. something you know? that's so empowering like so empowering to be able to like take the lead for once and and guide something in what feels like safe and and exciting and ecstatic for you i personally like i really love dancing like a stripper <laughs> <laughs> i got that in me it's just i just love it yeah so that's what i would do i do too actually <laughs> I, do too. I do too he's really good at lap dances <laughs> Really good. Giving, receiving them or giving them? Giving them. Both. Yeah. Oh, well, I can imagine. Obviously yeah. receiving them, but giving them. He's really good. The last time we went to a strip club, we played, we were playing games like a, like it wasn't even a, it just was a really fun night. And, we, and we're playing like quarters. Quarters. Yeah. So I don't remember what the rules were, but it ended up being this dare situation. So the very last one we did, I won and he had to receive the dare. So he had to, air dance on this random chair in the middle of the club with like other people sitting there and he's just like pretending there's somebody on it and he's like really getting after it he flips the chair upside down and he like goes even harder then he had to climb to the table like on all fours and give everyone a lap dance and it was amazing i was gassed at the end i was, was exhausted amazing. i was like i thought i was in shape that was takes a lot. a lot of energy yeah <laughs> that was a lot yeah you do have major like channing tatum vibes now that i think about it like <laughs> in a different real. lifetime yeah yep. 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah, and I think you know, and I I share this because I was thinking I was like, wow, like you know, I think I think this is next level for a lot of people, and I think it's like. I truly think it's of deep service to the planet for people to at least be open to this possibility if they're drawn to it, if they feel, because there is something so powerful to it. And we've been given so many codified restrictions against it. So yeah. there's so much fear around it. Yeah. But truly, like I've walked so many people through that fear portal where they're just like, oh, what about my relationship? What about jealousy? What about all the intent? Like the, it's like so strong in people's bodies. And every single person has been like, oh my God, I was so terrified. And there was such beauty on the other side, like mm. such beauty in all the ways. Part of that as well is taking, like we've been talking about in this thing, like take yourself to it yeah, and like listen. And, is, and it's so hard to do that sometimes. When you do that, it's so for you. And also something I want people to know is like, women want this too. And yeah. like, yeah. I, I mean, that's 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 why I you know, wanted to just deeply share my own experience yeah. that I, I haven't really played in that realm very much but like I feel that desire within me just to explore my own expression more in a way that's not contracted or in fear like I'm going to be abandoned like you know like yeah. I feel like I'm finally in a in a container where that mm. can kind of come alive yeah. and and I can feel like I, I I I you know as he had mentioned in the ceremony that we did just tuning in with the bliss that is being so free from being able to express yourself fully, you know? And um, just for, for everyone listening, just really tuning in with like, what's true for me? You know, a lot of times when there's a trigger, it's an edge, but on that other edge is like immense freedom. If you can really tune into, you know, like what, what, the, what you need, what the situation needs, like how you can push those edges, also be loving and having healthy boundaries. But like, it, it's, this is what has been, you know, most alive in our conversations recently that I can feel, I can feel myself about to like step through this threshold where life becomes even more blissful than it already is. Cause I get to like, I get to rewrite the story. I yeah. get to take my power back. I get to fully express my sensuality and sexuality and, and deep connection with people that I love. It's like, it's freaking exciting. You know, that's my next, that's, I can that's feel what, it. It's, that's what we're here to do. That's the we're next, to, that's the next level of evolution. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know necessarily what exactly that looks like, but it's like, I feel, I feel it happening totally. for me, you know. Such a universal fuck yes to that, that yeah. Anna. So <laughs> much yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ecstasy is like a, it's a guidepost. You yeah. know, like find your, find your bliss, yeah. you know, and even if you have to go through the shadows to find it, great like yeah. explore and so maybe some things that you think are going to get you bliss don't take you there okay you learn yeah. like oh okay that portal doesn't go anywhere that i want to go not all portals lead to you know lead to the right place some are dead ends and that's okay totally. you know like just so so see but use that i think we've kind of made pleasure a derogatory thing but like go seek your pleasure and, go be, seek your pleasure. and, be, and be curious you mm -hmm. know just like have have curiosity about it and sometimes like yeah like sometimes sometimes it's not going to be the thing but you're still learning yeah. you're still finding yourself you're still coming home yeah. you know like it's all part of the path but like I, I um I wish that I in my life would just allowed myself to be more curious yeah you know yeah so magical and you know, I've, I've even said this recently, like to my own audience, you know, like there's this part of me that's like, like, I'm scared that people will be like, you know, I'm going to do a 15 minute 
pleasure practice and breathe into my penis. And before I know it, I'm going to be naked in a circle of sex switches <laughs> and like a polyamorous <laughs> situation, you know? And I had, it was, e- it was easier for me when I was living a life where I was like, you know what, you can do this and you can be monogamous and you can be so like hetero and like all of these things. And, and I was like, I just had to stand in front of people and say like, like a tantric approach is what's true. You know, and so if you end up doing these practices, if you open up your sexuality, like you don't know where you're going to end up. You're going to end up with what's the truth. And for some mm. people, that's monogamy. For some people, that's just doing some breath work and never going farther. And for some people, that is full blown ecstatic curiosity into the great unknown yeah. and like can't practice, like cannot promise a guaranteed outcome when you go into like the majesty that's your sexuality, like can only promise that you will end up doing like what is true that is so far beyond what so many of us have ever imagined. And like sexuality is this like magical box that like opens up those possibilities. And I think that's another reason why people can often be so scared of it. And whatever that true is, is perfect. And there's no better true than the other, no. whether you're in this ecstatic multi-person thing or whether it's just, as you said, just some breath work and some more awareness and a little bit more love and forgiveness is not a value proposition of this is better, this is worse, wherever you are, wherever you wind up, when that place is true, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. God circled that place for you on a map. Totally. And so many more of my practices have been like crying alone with like a dildo <laughs> inside of me, just like, you know, in my bedroom being like, oh, we're here again, you know? <laughs> There's at least a hundred of those practices forever, like every divine, ecstatic, blissful experience, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here with both of you goddesses. And thank you for your vulnerability and your honesty and for leading this way in a place where, you know, the historical kind of hereditary archetype is to be really afraid of stepping out in this way in the way that you are and you know i deeply deeply honor your courage for doing that because it takes a lot of lot of courage and so thank you for walking the path and shining the light so that we can all see our way through the dark thank you (laughs) thank you for having so much reverence for the goddess and for the healing and possibility that you've brought to my life and exude to, you know, the rest of the world through our relationship. Thank you for being such a goddess. <laughs> Everybody is. Layla, people who are fired up and want more Layla, more, 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 more. Where can they go for more? You can go to laylamartin.com, sign up with your email address. And I have two main programs. So I have the Vita coaching certification for becoming a sex, love, and relationship coach. And then also Vita sacred sexuality. So that is an initiation into all these sacred sexuality practices. And it's basically a year-long program. You can do it month to month where you can tune in. And like all of this, you basically get live guided initiations into everything we've discussed today and so much more. Oh, and I also have a men's sexual mastery training. Mm. We like underplayed that. And then we turned it evergreen and like, like the men are so into it. So there is a men's sexual mastery training. So you can uh, do everything that we've talked about in this podcast and take it so much deeper. Go and, and gods Aubrey's, and goddesses go. And Aubrey's Jesus, what did you go? Sex Jesus 101 exist. coming Jesus in program. 2022. Doesn't exist. We can co-affiliate. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. All right. Sex witch and sex Jesus. Like, <laughs> We're going to end right there, everyone. Love, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Thank y'all.
Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Layla Martin. Make sure to follow Vilana Marcus, V-Y-L-A-N-A-M-A-R-C-U-S on Instagram to keep up with her. And of course, Layla Martin everywhere that Layla Martins are found. And that's pretty much everywhere. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.